and welcome back this is the grinding gear podcast i am about to hold it hostage with blink 182 hype and my name is garrett here with kyle uh why what they're back what? kyle what'd they do what's they're the back. blink 182 done blink uh, tom is back in blink 182 and it's a really big deal for blink oh, 182 tom, fans good good tom yeah. is he the one with the beanie the uh <laughs> the hair what we got here the beanie, the hair. It depends on the photo because they've all worn beanies at different times. Yeah. Can you show me what you're looking at with the? Uh, uh, what do your elven eyes see? Uh, okay. Let's, let's let's you know we'll do it we'll do it for the stream here. Let me get it um, let me get it up. Yeah. So there it is. Oh, that is time. Oh, well, wait, hold on. Are they both the, wearing the beanies? beanies? Eating ice cream. Okay. Middle beanie beanie plus ice cream is Tom. Okay. Uh, so Tom's back. Congrats to Tom. Beanie Congrats with Tom. no shirt and a lot of tattoos is Travis. And okay. dude on left is Mark. Perfect. What did they do? The, Why? So Tom DeLong hasn't been in Blink-182 for almost 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Uh, he left the band shortly after their BlizzCon appearance, as a matter of fact. <laughs> if you remember the year that Blink-182 <laughs> played BlizzCon. I think that was the last year. They've been on a lot of hiatuses. This isn't the first time um, that they've come back. But uh, yeah, yeah. If you, uh, if you are of a certain age... Um, this is big news for you. Also, if, uh, if you're into pop punk, which I know you're not, Kyle, because we are the same age and I know you don't give a crap about this, but I'm stoked as hell that uh, Blink is back to not a, technically their original lineup, but it's the one it's the famous lineup. This is the lineup everyone knows and loves. They did have a different drummer before Travis, but um, he kind of sucks compared to Travis. Oh, well, yeah, but all drummers are supposed to be legendary, right? That's the that's the meme. No, He's not at all. Okay yeah, the, the difference is, is that Travis Barker is actually a legendary drummer. You know, one of the most famous drummers in rock and roll. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, but congrats. Are they doing Edge Fest? <laughs> what, where are they going? Like, they're they're the... doing a massive tour. Uh, okay. They're doing oh, they're the, all the tour. small things. Okay. With the nurse, with the rubber. Yeah. Glove. What's my age again? Yeah, you know, I yeah. took her out. It was a Friday night. You know, all yeah. that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. It's Blink-182. Pop punk royalty. The You know, when I was growing up, you had you had to fight about it. You had to fight about it. Who was better, Green Day or Blink-182? That's who you had to fight about. Oh, so it was kind of a like Backstreet Boys versus Insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sort of, kind of. And then there was the then there were the insufferable quote unquote real punks in the back of the class that said they were both sellouts and they both suck. Yes, probably, but that's also how you like survive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna blame you, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's you know I would. It, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into this. I'm not gonna go. Uh, okay. uh, uh, Dookie okay. still slaps. V- and video Dookie. game show. <laughs> video game show. Yeah, I'm just really I, excited about Blink One Eight Two. Also, I'm happy for you. Also, I it's go listen to their live album, the the Tom Mark and Travis show, because it is uh, where my entire sense of humor comes from. 
Okay. Warning, it's so vulgar. <laughs> it's so vulgar. That's but okay, too. It, yes, it, it, that's, that's it. If you ever wondered why I am the way I am, it, it's that and watching Jim Carrey at too young of an age. So there you go. There you uh-huh. go. Also, new album coming out, apparently. I don't know. I haven't heard the new song. I think it just dropped. I haven't heard it yet. I'm just excited they're back together. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm I'm in full-blown nesting at the moment, so my my life is comfort, 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 and video games. So I'm having a having a good time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, comfort. Are you are you familiar with the nesting? I I I am familiar with the term. Yeah. Uh, I uh, don't I don't have a child, so I've never gone through pre-birth nesting. Hey, it's like it's like being hangry. You know, but it's like comfort angry Mm. where you have the capacity now to perhaps take out various animals in your environment for safety and soft things. Like normally, normally as a human being, you walk through the woods and, you know, you see a rabbit and you're like, oh, what an adorable rabbit. But in the nesting time, you're like, oh, that's soft. I need that on my floor. So Amazon, Amazon, but busy late night, like 3 a.m. Amazon searching trying to get enough soft stuff in the house. Because why hunt rabbits in the woods when you can just go on Amazon and order a faux rabbit? Exactly. Exactly. But it's a, it's a madness that overtakes you. Mm. If there are any, uh, I am parents to be or parents in the audience. I'm about to leave next week for my first videography job since COVID, at least first on location videography job since COVID. I'm heading out to New Mexico to, to do like five days of shooting. Um, and, I'm it. I kind of feel like I'm nesting because I'm having to pull together every piece of video equipment and recording <laughs> equipment I own. For sure. And then I'm and I'm also thinking about charged. like I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be alone for like five days outside of. I'll be around people working, but I'm like just staying by myself for like five days. I'm just like I'm just gonna need everything that makes me comfortable. I'm like I what would I have so many hoodies? I haven't needed a hoodie in so long. What hoodie do I need to bring? Like all these things. This is like I'm gonna be marooned in the desert for five days, and I want to be comfortable. What do I need, Kyle? The copy of your stuff, the old uh, George Carlin bit. I don't think I've heard that one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Mm. You know, mm. someone says you're coming here. If here is, is Las Cruces, New Mexico, then yes, I'll be there. I'll be out at New Mexico state university for five days. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful that New Mexico. If you're, if you're attending their, their student run shark tank event, uh, I'm going to be hosting that. <laughs> so that'll mm. be interesting. That'll be interesting. I was going to be out there shooting and they're like, Garrett, you host stuff. You, you mind I'm seeing this for us. And I was the like shark wasn't that like a TV show where they would like no, they, they still do the Shark Tank? They do a student version where because they okay. have a they have like an entrepreneur track out there. It's pretty cool. Like they, teaching college students how to actually run businesses. Anyway, the ones that actually have like intellectual property and stuff, they pitch it to local venture capitalists. It's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. No one came here to hear this, but yeah, that's what no. I'm doing next no. week. So I won't be here next week. Uh, can we announce the guest? Yes. Well, uh, well, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, you know, it's still if, if the end. answer is maybe, the answer is no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's, let's not. Let's not. But okay. you know, the, all right. Someone will no, be no, here no, in my no, stead. No. Yeah. 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 Some, someone will be here in my stead, and they are wonderful people <laughs> that I kind of wish I could be on the show with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if all goes uh, uh, well and done, you know, expect a, a more heavy kind of deep dive in the Final Fantasy track of things, as it is one of our main games around here. But we talk about a lot on the show. Yeah. A lot of, not to talk about this week, in fact. Yes, there is. So let's get to it. Good, 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 
booze, everyone. Shove it. Grab your swag bag and overpriced hot dog, Kyle. Cons are back. There's a lot of con-related news this week. All of it not great. <laughs> or some of it not great. Some of it not great. I mean, it's a, it's a stumbling blocks. So what, what, what an interesting thing. Yes, cons are back online. I think everybody's trying to figure out the middle ground for existing in a con atmosphere. Uh, you know, my son did a bounce house this weekend, so we all passed around a little something after that. Ooh. <laughs> you, you know, bounce houses happen. The fact and that you're so still like standing is just yeah. like, I love, I don't mean to say that I love a world after COVID, but I will say I, I like the, the part of being, <laughs> having lived through COVID where you get sick and you're like, oh, it's not COVID. So like you're, you're sick, but you're stoked. You still feel like yeah. you won the lotto, even though you're sick. You know, that's nice. Although the last time I was sick of was COVID and it was terrible, but. No, but you know, entering that uh, more aware kind of a city culture, you know, maybe for the United States, I'm in a city, but still, you know, we never had masks before, you know, getting sick and just a cultural thing. If that developed, that's great. You know, I now have a hand sanitizer on my side. You know, all, all these are good advancements for the future and finding that balance at a con with everybody else's preferences and their understandings and kind of what they're comfortable with. That's going to be a learning block here. There's going to be a lot of stumbles along that way. And hopefully, you know, people are patient and honest about what they require, the space they need. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anywho, um, you know what, Kyle, pick your own adventure. Do you want to talk about a con everyone's excited about or a con that everyone barely survived? Let's let's go with barely survive. All right, first. cool. Yeah, so, so, the news. so you chose TwitchCon. TwitchCon, the might kill you con, apparently. Interesting uh, developments out of this. Very, very mixed. I mean, if there's, of course, the absolutely horrible and negligent side of things. There is the soundbitey side of things. And then there's things that's just getting kind of blown out of proportion. Uh, the, the full gambit of drama. You won't believe this, Gary. You won't believe this. Twitch generates drama. Twitch generates drama? I know. I've never that's heard of this. Right? I, thought I know. Were, I thought they were like a straight shooting company that's never done anything or taken anything away that's really pissed people off. No, never. Hmm. I never thought that a company that, you know, decides to put it to a vote on whether you deserve to make money from your effort would ever cause drama. Yes. Yeah. And then there's competition entering that sphere with YouTube and, uh, and you know, asterisks, you know, others. You know, there's still kind of that other sphere and Facebook still trying to do their thing. But yeah, TwitchCon happened this past uh, weekend. Where did it take place? What city did they camp out in? I don't know. I have, I've never planned to go to TwitchCon, so I've never looked and it up. Send to hell. Because like, I, yeah, San I Diego. Oh, San that's, Diego. that's, that's okay. a shame. I like San Diego. I'd love an excuse to go to San Diego. <laughs> San Diego's trash now in your mind. <laughs> not like going to San Diego. They hosted TwitchCon. I, I, I know. It was more like, oh, I wish a con I wanted to go to was happening in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing. You know, I did, I did mega cons. I did anime conventions growing up. Um, I did a lot of theater, of course, doing you know, theater schooling and all that. And you get a bunch of young kids together and I'm going to go there as a 35 year old. You get a bunch of young kids together. There's going to be shenanigans no matter how great the security is, how tight everything is, how well planned out the event is. And then you add cameras to the mix and you're going to have a recipe for disaster. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where to start. Like so many of the things that are wrong with this, it's like not even funny, man. Like so many people got hurt in that, that damn foam pit. Uh, yeah. That's negligence. Like right? it's like, like that is, it's not even fun to make fun of because some people no. got permanently injured. Um, you look at that pit, like it has maybe a foot of foam and it's that square kind of hard foam that's going to push you to the lower levels. Like no pad apparently under that for the injuries that were sustained during the gladiatorial combat that they set up. Now, this was a space rented from Twitch, but as, of course, you know, being part of Twitch. So, you know, like like BlizzCon or any of these, like there are booths people can buy. And this was a booth. This wasn't an official Twitch foam pit. By being in their event, you know, they signed off on it. They sanctioned it in a sense. There was a waiver you had to sign to participate, but freaking hell. (laughs) There's an assumption that you're not going to get horribly maimed. Yes, that they were prepared with the uh, right amount of protection should you fall, particularly in like a, you know, in a joyous manner. You're on camera. You're being, you got an audience. People are full of adrenaline. You're being pushed to be more outrageous. I mean, you know, that's how you, what you're doing at TwitchCon. Either you're there to meet people and like, collect the character's Disney autograph kind of style thing. Or you're there to possibly, you know, expand, network, get noticed. And this would be a streamed area that you might want to be a little extra outrageous in. It it needs protection beyond the normal. So, um, this, in general, in general, I'm over-encompassing statement right now. Okay. Kind of feels like Twitch is at its low point right now. How does it, how, how do you, how are you feeling about it? Like, cause I'm just looking at it, boy, like, boy, kind of feels like Twitch is at an all time low at the moment in terms of public opinion about the brand. Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, I'm still, uh, I've had a recent breakup with them. Not, you know, we're coming up on a year still. We got about three months, but still, you know, I went through a pretty big breakup there in the, sense that they didn't have an algorithm. There was no discovery available. And everyone I've ever talked to, no one explores Twitch. You either go to the channel that you want, the exact channel that you know is going to be streaming, or you leave. Like, nobody just jumps on the couch and like, what's on Twitch? Oh, 32 views. Let me click that. Oh, here's the storm. You know, like, you had an audience you built, and that's what made it feel like a community because it was that audience. But the culture of the information exchange from the company felt very predatory. And so I was more than happy to leave for another platform where I received more business-like information, more business-like exchanges, and was prompted to grow a business rather than a community in that regard. Granted, like community growing is better done on like, Discord and those sort of environments too. So Twitch is trying to be all the things they were trying to Facebook yeah, it. You know, and I, dropping I, all the balls. That's how I always thought about YouTube as well. But every time you post like a text post asking people questions, the amount of engagement we get is is ridiculous. To use the the cold, yeah. you know, marketing term of engagement. But that's kind of what I always believed, and I'm not. I don't think I believe it anymore. Like, uh, there's Twitch. Still, there's still good things about Twitch. Like, just because we stream on YouTube doesn't mean I'm like entirely off. The, off, you know. Like, like yes, Twitch is a. <laughs> it's essentially the Ziploc brand name of of streaming for a reason. Like, there's a reason they are the juggernaut that they are in the space. Um, but like, 
on the other side of everything that we've experienced on YouTube, I think like, I don't know, like give YouTube a little more credit. Like it's, it is good for building community. And it is, it is better than I thought for fairly regular interaction. I'd like, cause I don't know, like when we were going up, like, we, we sat down and had conversations once, once we started getting some traction over here of like, do we want to do polls on YouTube? Do we want to do text posts? Does anyone actually read those things? And when we start, when we made our first one, the answer was very clearly, yes, people actually pay attention to what you post if they're already invested in your channel. So in terms of building a community on YouTube, yeah, it can be done there too. We did it. Now, granted, it, we do have the Discord as well, which is yes. significantly more active at more hours of the day, but it's kind of the nature of the beast. There's a lot of personal takes in there. And of course, you have to kind of choose your city. So there's going to be that competitiveness as we move around, exchange resources. My city's doing it better. You know, woo, Denver, you know, what? Oh, whoa, you know, the sports team kind of thing, right? Like that's just going to naturally develop because you don't want to think about the grass being greener on the other side. So we hyper focus on what's bad about Twitch. It's also the cool thing to do, you know, drama. They are these uh, lol cows as they've been identified over the years and Activision Blizzard and Twitch have entered that sphere where they really can't do anything right. And if they do do something right, the drama is we'll see. And oftentimes the we'll see ends up, you know, pseudo becoming accurate to a degree. So let, let's talk, let's kind of run down the list here uh, of the other issues that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of stuff about accessibility and, and various versions of that. Um, it it kind of sounds like they were understaffed. Uh, and this impacted folks that needed special access and for getting into the darn venue. Um, there was also a lot of complaints about crowd management, which kind of, to me, like raised the flag, like, eh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been to a con where I would say the crowds were managed particularly well. It's always kind of a mess everywhere I go. Um, but then I heard that a lot of folks were saying that panel rooms were just not big enough. And they weren't barring entry, so it was just getting completely slammed. Oh, and I'm like, okay, never mind. I have like almost every con I've ever been to cut shuts it off at a certain point. Like once you hit fire code, <laughs> they close the doors. Like, sorry, it's full. Should have been here earlier. Or paid for a VIP package or whatever else they're trying to monetize. Um, and that, that, not, that's not a diggy twitch. Like everyone does that kind of shit, right? Like the, the no, rope section absolutely. in the front. Um, but there is a degree in particular with this audience where you're going to have a lot of social but isolated individuals, right? Like people on Twitch are not shut-ins necessarily. You turn off your stream. You just talked. You know, you, you feel like a balloon burst in your room just suddenly emptied when you turn off a stream. You were hanging out with people. It was a social engagement. But coming out of COVID, so I would hope that would be a little more inflated if just so for the comfort levels of everybody. Because that's my big thing is when I walk in a room, I want to know your preference. I want to know your preference. Do you are, do you want some distance? Do you want some space? Like how how can I facilitate a comfortable environment in that way? Now, like I said, I'm also nesting, so you know I'm a, I'm a crazy bird creature. Right, my bird brain is going nuts and it wants to you know add splashes of color and stuff. So I hear people being uncomfortable. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you can't. No, don't do that. That's wrong. I thought but you were gonna people, go. I, I can't be sick with a baby on the way. I thought that's the well, direction that, you were that going too. with that. that. You know, I don't want to bring any home as well. So yeah, that, that's but, that, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to belabor the COVID thing because it's like to me, I'm I'm in the mind of like I still try to avoid it. You know, I, I don't mask constantly, but I mask in crowded places. Um, 
but that's how this all started. If you remember when TwitchCon was announced, that was the the very first like quote unquote controversy. Was everyone was like, oh, they've said there's going to be just no nothing at all, and as far as health concerns are are focused, and and they had to walk that back. And so it's just it's just weird, man. It's just you have weird. to provide standards for comfort. You know whether or not you're matching so and so's you know system of, of constructs or whatever. Like it, you just have to have some standards so in the rule set everyone can enjoy. That's why D and D has rules so everyone knows how to enjoy themselves. It, the, the the lack of security or the complaints about security that's soundbitey. That's one of those where I'm like, we should have had more to manage people, particularly after COVID and help them, you know, move in safe ways, construct lines, queue up properly, particularly when you have a lot of younger people and very high energy people around, a lot of extroverts. But the, you know, like the the security guards uh, being cruel to people, like, yeah, that, that, that happens at BlizzCon because they don't know who you are. You know, you're showing up with your giant coat and five belts across your shirt and you have a sword on your side with, you know, the orange end or whatever, they're going to be like, whoa, this this wasn't the makeup convention I did last week. This is kind of weird. What? And they get kind of aggressive on you. And it's did, strange. Did you, did you hear, though? Because it went the other way, this. There were, there were stories coming out about how the staff said it was the rudest crowd they've ever worked for. And I believe that, too. And, it you know, there's kind of an equalizing that goes there in some regards. Like, people going to this event are going to expect security guards or at least people telling them what to do in the culture. It's a very ingrained, deep community with a lot of memes, a lot of Pepe hands or whatever. <laughs> and when you throw when you throw convention room guard at that, it's going to come off as extremely abrasive to young kids because they're not there to follow the rules. They're, they're breaking the rules. They're running their own job. They run their own business. You might be talking to a millionaire or something mad like that. And so they're going to lash back. So it's, it's somewhere, you know, like there is like training that can be done, like sensitivity training for Twitch streamers that, you know, might need to happen. But also, I fully believe that, yeah, people probably wrongfully unleashed on some guards with some don't you know who I am atmosphere. We're just we're getting crazy. Yeah, it's been getting crazy. I mean, it's a big con too. not everyone there is even a streamer. Like some people are yeah. just there because you're a fan, right? Like you're just yeah. you just want to be a part of the event. Um so, yeah, it's <laughs> didn't sound like the best time. Although I'm sure if, no. we, if we had gone, I'm sure we would have we would have had a good enough time. Like I, like everyone back back when we were fully in on the Blizzard Entertainment stuff, and we go to BlizzCon every year. Everyone loved to talk about what year of BlizzCon was good and what year of BlizzCon was bad. And you had like 2018 where everyone was just dumping on it. Like so. On the outside looking in, you're like, oh, that was a bad year for BlizzCon. What a terrible year if you went. And it's like, no, if you went, you still had a freaking great time because you're there with all of your online friends in person that you never get to see. You're still going to have fun. But, yeah. I mean, from the outside, regardless of, you know, what happened in the convention, their messaging was bad and received poorly. Like, they did several stages where they had community managers and Twitch personnel on stage answering questions that did not get satisfactory answers, you know, such as I remember one clip I've seen where someone asked, you know, what's being done about rules being given out in different ways. Like punishments are often ununified and based on the individual streamers, what's going to be done about that. 
And they were just like, no, that's false. Moving on, you know, with a very like dunk on you kind of drop the mic atmosphere. And you go, wait, 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 wait a minute. That's a, that's a very legitimate question. That, that's how a lot of us feel. This is your moment to ease that community. And of course, the Twitch president being interviewed. And actually, I, I looked this up. I was watching it. You know, I, I thought from the outside that maybe it was going to be all buzzwords. It was going to be all, you know, pushing the envelope and increasing engagement. Dan Clancy is just an outsider. Like, just simply seems like an innocent guy who thinks he's running, like, a theater company, like a, a performance venue, and doesn't understand the sort of business mindset that people set up shop on his land. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got, too. The thing that I saw kept getting shared around was uh, an IRL streamer by the great name, by the way, Jake and Bake. Did you see that making the rounds? I think I yeah, sent this yeah. to you that I guess he had to talk with Dan Clan- Clancy and the quote that kept getting shared from this, this IRL streamer was that quote, I don't feel confident as a streamer on the platform with someone who is that out of touch. I walked away feeling depressed. So all accounts from employees, including DJ wheat, who tweeted about this is great guy, but he believes that he did high school theater and he understands streamers. Uh, yeah, I, I found I found Wheat's tweets really interesting because Wheat worked for Twitch a long time. He was part of like the OG yeah. uh, Twitch staff. And obviously we we got our start in StarCraft and DJ Wheat was huge in StarCraft. And we got to interview him one time. And I still just think he's just a kind of a just a rad dude who I, I don't know. I never felt BS'd by DJ Wheat. No, no but even honest. even with that, like th- that's his, his his image in my mind. I was still surprised to see him being so candid on the topic of Twitch's leadership. I was like, I just thought that was kind of cool. Well, he did receive as a community figure a lot of backlash over the years. Like people would be mad at Twitch and come to him because he was a face they could yell at. Yeah, so he has been through a lot and understands a lot about what people want on the platform. Particularly, of course, right now the seventy thirty split instead of the fifty fifty split. But the president, in in kind of an innocent way, like that's that's the interesting thing about this interview and what they had to say. Like they truly believe in their heart that they're doing half the work, that they are fostering this community. I think it comes through clearly in their emails they send out, you know, to partners. And I still get them. You know, they 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 expose months in advance what they're doing to change certain things or how they're going to be working this system. But they're not the things people want. Like, there's a lot of transparency, but what they're saying is not organic to the community that's working there. It's like the manager showing up and arguing with everybody about, like, what's going on in the store. And you're like, have you been here? Yes, that's that's exactly how it feels. That's that's exactly the vibe I'm getting is like manager versus <laughs> the cool teenage staff. Like, yeah, it really does have that abrasive feel to all of it. And uh, yeah, just it's. Uh, I'm a drama hound. I'm eating it up. I think this is oh, entertaining sure. as hell to watch from the outside. Oh, sure. Like, to me, it very much reminds me of when I was you know, working at a bookstore and the intercom would go off and the manager up in the office. And he's like, you guys aren't pushing BOGO items today. You got to lay on the BOGO items. Like that's how September feels over at Twitch. Like you feel like someone up top is barking at you 
to make money for them. And you're just like, because, could you do something about the assholes in my chat? Like, yes. Like, could you clean? Yeah. Could you clean up your system? Could you share me? You're going to get rid of like hosting soon. And that's a huge reason why discovery even happens on your platform. It, it's a, it's a weird phase. And of course, at the end of all this is, is the truth of it that during COVID time and lockdown, a lot of people checked out Twitch for the first time. They want that same revenue that they got during that time period. And they're trying to come up with new and interesting ways to pull that off, including more ads. Including taking it out of your share. Yep, exactly. Yeah. (sighs) But my my harsh feeling is they deserve it. They deserve the backlash that is happening right now. The same way Blizzard deserves the backlash that they are still dealing with. And I think they are not trying to fix. Because I think Blizzard is still making missteps. But now it's in the games and not we're not as focused on the culture side of things. Now I just think they're just making mediocre games with bad in-game systems. So it's just, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just like, reap what you sow. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of what I'm feeling over there in the creative process. Yeah, yeah. With the you know massive umbrella that you and I are s- sitting under uh, of hypocrisy being like, yeah. We say as we're on our massive Google ran <laughs> platform that we oh, use. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not like, you know, Final Fantasy 14's all daisies either, right? Like there's, you know, spaghetti codes and everything else that can happen. What are you talking here. about, Kyle? I've never heard anyone say anything bad about working for Square, especially if they're a third party <laughs> studio yeah, that they used it, to own. There's these issues for sure. For sure. It's a it's a fascinating time in gaming uh, and much like, uh, you know, free range. There's a lot of food comparisons you can make to video games. Ah, uh-huh, is this all natural? Free range developers? Did they were they allowed out of out of their cages for a bit? Did they get whole grains? And you're like, oh, that's how I feel <laughs> on YouTube. I can put that yeah. video out, and then I can go enjoy my weekend, and the video lives on. And because there's discoverability through the search feature, people still find it, and I still, you know, I'm still growing in the background while I'm having yes. a life outside of my content. Ethically sourced entertainment (laughs) is what we're after here yeah and i've been thinking about that a lot too right like you hear these stories about well um the crow was one i remember you know illegally shooting in the streets and whatnot i think uh didn't also like predators 2 find a dead body or something crazy like i think that that was predator 2 yeah yeah there's the there, there is a time when creating a product and we're certainly aware of this you know making videos on a week turnaround where you work late and it is insane but you pay it off. You have that release. And we're still waiting to hear that from a lot of video game companies. Like we understand like in entertainment, there is a time where stuff's going to be nuts and you're putting all the pieces together. This amalgamation of motion capture and the graphics and the artists and the designer and the systems, like they all got to like be slammed together somehow. It's going to be nuts. But that breath after is so important. And that's where the corporation and kind of entity of video game creation is failing yeah no it's 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 interesting we're seeing i don't know i feel like we're seeing pushback in a a more interesting way that we haven't seen before and i don't know i've been the thoughts for another day but i wonder how much of it is like we have a wide enough spread in age now of invested parties because we have yeah. in a <laughs> <laughs> the younger generation now being fully invested in the stream, but you also now have people in the thirties, forties and fifties. that are also just as invested. So you have like proper goddamn adults that now are like, Hey, wait a minute, this is bullshit. And I'm going to let you know, 
Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's all on the adults either. I see plenty of people that are definitely from a generation below me making damn good points about bullshit being pulled by these companies. So no, and there's a lot of just naturally in, in a child, you know, in a teenager, there's going to be pushback against the man and, you know, there's going to be revolution in order to test your limits. But now that we're getting older, we've seen those limits and we're still going, wait, wait a minute. There's going to be a ridiculous future, of course, when you walk by the old person's home and, you know, there's anime music blaring out the windows and, you know, the retro wave pinks and blues are on flashing in there. You know, Oh, I can't wait to have the, the sexy Oscar peaker on my my scooter. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On your scooter there. Yep. Up in your, your retirement home window. Yeah. Uh, She's still my wife. Ooh. Mr. Wines, oh, you need to turn that down. It's She's <laughs> the music. Has to be old enough. So the, the the light sensors pick it up. <laughs> Has to be loud. I can't hear it. <laughs> Is modern warfare done? <laughs> oh my god, that's that's great. Watching Naruto and attendees coming by, like, what is this old thing? It looks like Boruto, and you're like, uh-huh. I was there first, you whippersnapper. This is season two. I'll have you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, before Gara turned to a good guy, that's that was when it was best. That's when it was best. I love this. We need to do Tales from the Weeb Retirement Home more often. I mean, it's going to happen, and that wider demographic is going to mean that there's going to be different demands on the video game industry, including, of course, sustainability and you know, lack of burnout, right? Like making sure people can have this as their job. And something I've wanted for a really long time is just a way to follow these people. You know, like if you did rigging in some video game and you're going over here and rigging now, I want to follow you. I want to know. I'm like, oh, my God, your rigging was incredible on on Urel and Heroes of the Storm. Where are you now? League of Legends is where they are. But, you know, like, like, can I follow you? Like, can we become fans of really simple stuff? And that is a massive oversight, simple stuff. But, you know, like stuff that gets swept under the rug for the actors and the, you know, producer's face. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having so much fun reading everyone uh, freak out about the, wee the retirement the, home. We retirement home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to spin it into the, the top of the show, I saw someone tweet out that Blink-182 is, ju- is uh, just the boomer version of Machine Gun Kelly and it hurt my soul. Uh, then I remembered I'm only like three years older than Machine Gun Kelly, so it's not so bad. No, I mean, I had to face a little bit of my old manage this week. I watched something called uh, Chainsaw Man. Which... That, I'm seeing a lot of people post about that. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Um, but, but yeah, how was it? Uh, the main characters are 3D, which... Oh, from... no. I know. Oh, I no, know. I hate 3D characters deal. in anime. <laughs> okay, but you watched, you watched uh, Demon Slayer, right? Like, enough. Uh, enough of it. I got kind of yeah. bored if I'm being honest. I do like it, but it's it's a little it's a little fluffy for my taste. It gets less fluffy as it goes, which mm. is kind of, you know, a, a tough sell. I totally get that. Yeah. But you know, like in episode two, when he was walking, you know, it'd be like close up and you're like, ah, you know, animation, it's a face. And then he it kind of zoom out and he's like, kung, kung, like a CGI robot all of a sudden. And then he kind of like turns on an axis like Bender does in Futurama and your brain just goes, oh God. Oh, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't like that. No, and that's so the, so some animes are 100% in that kind of graphical environment. And when they stop moving and kind of hold still, you don't notice as much, but you know, every movement kind of has that Bender energy. 
And I, I prefer like Studio Trigger, which is a little more, you know, hand animated. I mean, you remember the fight with uh, when Main showed up and aced the guy. It's like, this is just someone with a pen in like the back room. They're just going nuts. This is insanity. I love it. It's a lot of energy. So I think, I think Chainsaw Man may have actually like crossed that threshold for me where it has motion, energy, and weight while being fully CGI. And I think I liked it. Okay. So, Okay, maybe, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, uh, if I don't say anything about it, it means I didn't like it. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, hyper violent. I mean, the guy's called Chainsaw Man, so you know Chainsaw. I do. Man. I do like. I do like violence. Oh, I need to get yeah. back to that Complex C that's on Adult Swim slash HBO Max right now. I forgot because that's coming out week to week, and it's on HBO ne- Max the next damn day. And I watched the first episode. and I loved it. It was cool. It's a cool, creepy, like kind of horror mystery anime. Uh, What's it called? Complex C, I believe. Hmm. It might be more of that name. Um, What's housing complex C? Ah, housing. Housing complex C. It's like an apartment, and spooky stuff starts happening. So you've got oh. this this large hmm. cast of characters and this blending of communities. We've got you know old old. Old folks living there, younger folks living there, like everything spanning the generations and different types of tenants and stuff starts getting spooky and I'm enjoying it so far, but I've only seen the first episode. I forgot. I forgot because it's 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 a week to week release, so you can't binge it. Oh, interesting. I, I like the quality on this. I'm seeing. Yeah, I like I like the way it looks. It's 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 yeah. fun. It's got some heart. It's not all spooky. Like there's some really fun, nice characters that just kind of give you the warm fuzzies. And it's the first episode hmm. solid. Well, my, my project for next week is I'm finally going to check out Andor. So I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Oh, okay, stick, cool. Take cool. my toe in there. Um, I'm a little worried y- you, you're going to think it's slow, but uh, I like how slow it is, and it really made the episode that premiered last night hit like a massive truck. It was good. I cared about the characters. Star Wars made me care about characters. Made me care about characters, Kyle. We'll talk more Star Wars later on today. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's uh, let's let's wrap up our con talk with uh, the fact that Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest is back. It's been announced, and I, I didn't. I, I guess I should have assumed this, but I did not realize that they do like a shotgun style where there's multiple events within a year span in multiple locations. Yes, and from what I've heard on the outside, they save certain announcements for certain cons. So, like, Japan is scheduled for early 2024, and that's where, like, the big trailer, the cinematic, in all its full glory will be revealed. Whereas, like, London will get a lesser or, you know, smaller cut of that. And You get a teaser, you get a teaser, yeah. and then you get the full, uh, slightly longer teaser, and you get the full thing. This is a, We recently started Shadowbringers, and if you've seen that cinematic, it kind of plays out in you know, kind of chapters. Uh, the first part of that intro is not too super spoilerific. Um, and I guess the way that that was kind of doled out is that the very first cut they showed only had kind of the first section of it. So I'm assuming they'll do something similar with this. Uh, but yeah, I have booked a hotel. There's no information on when the hell tickets are going to go on sale yet. Uh, my understanding from folks that have done the ticket buying before is that we're still a ways off 
from tickets going on sale probably early next year sometime based on previous fan fests. I've also been warned that, yes, it is exactly like BlizzCon, and these tickets are going to sell out instantly. So if you actually want to go and pay face value, be ready to smash F5 on the day that tickets go on sale. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, this is Fan Fest for Final Fantasy XIV, so I don't know how big of a space they're talking. I watched a Mr. Happy video who does, he does like very quick turnaround news kind of talk on Final Fantasy and has digest just about every aspect of the game. So they were saying like 20,000, 24,000 abouts is what you can expect the audience size, which I think puts it around BlizzCon 2017 size. In that case, before they really kind I want of want to say because I started going in like 2010, and I think between then and like 16, 17, it really was unchanged. And I think it was 24,000, and then they went up yeah. to like 36,000, I think, for 20 either 2017 or 2018 forward is where they 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 well, they got that new wing at Anaheim Convention Center, which is where BlizzCon happened, so they were able to allow more people in. Um, and they did. But which that, to me, they lost their personality along the way, which will always make me a little sad because there was very much an energy of meeting the developers and the actors and everything else they had there. And in 2018 onward, it just kind of got overproduced. I would say it just got too spread out because um, you had yeah. to, to get to that extra wing. It was quite the hike. And so, yeah, if you were hoping to meet certain people from certain teams, if they weren't in the kind of main area that you were in it was kind of a pain in the ass to get to them we missed the we missed the final heroes panel basically it took so long to get over to the wing it was happening and um oh that's sad i didn't think about that till just now that's definitely there'll never be another heroes of the storm panel <laughs> for the rest of our lives uh, uh, well, microsoft let's we'll see we'll see what they can do but uh <laughs> yeah no it so las vegas nevada is where it's going to be taking place the las vegas convention center which is on a monorail, but apparently it's going to be insane. And of course, it's going to be the middle of summer desert. July. So to July yeah. in the desert. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so this now is granted, July. July's always when I go to Key West and it's hot as butts. I can't imagine what the desert's like. I mean, the place is blasting AC, right? Like they are fully yeah. aware. They are a bunch of hotels in the middle of the desert. And luckily for pricing, like they want you to end up there. You know, Las Vegas wants to keep those flights cheap and give adequate hotels, but there's not enough adequate to hotels to manage the monorail. That'll probably be completely swarmed during this. So being close enough to walk is still a good idea. I'm just hoping that if we get in and hey, even if we kind of go as press, that there is that smaller atmosphere that I remember from older BlizzCons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, in terms of people being there, like when BlizzCon like added another 10,000 people, it really didn't feel that much different to me because it's like whatever they had the space to, to, to spread out. It was more just the accessibility of the different panels you wanted to see and how long it took to get there. But yeah, I, I'm just, I'm stoked because dude, I haven't seen you since 2018. Yeah. In person. I, that's the last time we were in the same room together. Um, so like, I'm going to be stoked to see one other person, let alone everything else that's going to be going on. Everyone else is going to go that we're going to get to see meet for the first time. I'm sure we're going to get to catch up with some old BlizzCon buddies. Yeah. That, that crossover from, uh, from Blizzard fandom to, to final fantasy 14. Like, you know, 
like that kind of throwaway comment I made during while we were talking about the TwitchCon mess. It's like if I had gone, I probably still would have had a really good time. So like I, well, of course I'm excited. Like like I really want to see a Primal's concert. Like that. The more I've learned about those concerts and seeing online, it, it, it looks like it's a hell of a production. So that's kind of the thing. But other than that, I don't I don't have a lot of um, expectations or desires. Like I just like oh th- I, I I have this feeling right now of oh thank God somebody announced a con I actually I think is worth traveling for. <laughs> like because I I miss I miss seeing my friends. <laughs> like, again, I have very I have very few local friends. <laughs> like it's. It's it's rare. It's it's rare that we get to we get to hang out with folks. So uh, yeah, it's gonna, I'm just I'm just looking forward to it. I'm just working, looking forward to it. Uh, I don't care how much I'm going to sweat. My hotel has a pool, so <laughs> we'll be all right. All set. <laughs> We're going to be all set. I think that hotel is now sold out. I believe. I believe it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of you know refunding too as people get tickets or don't as you get closer. But you know, people yeah. are maneuvering to be in town for this, and I think just like you said, there's a lot of people who are excited for a live event, and this is the first one that really tickles their fancy. So it's going to be nuts. Yeah, it's going to be packed. Yeah, um, I'm very much looking forward to it, uh, and I want to cosplay, but I don't know as what. And I am just now thinking about the dead heat of summer in the desert aspect of this. It's a restricting factor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do a sexy cosplay, but it might just be necessary. Well, remember, it's the, well, you're in Florida, so you're used to kind of being blasted with that AC and, you know, the back and forth and back and forth. The problem, you got to get there, though, dude. I did, I did a Sand Trooper for Star Wars Celebration, uh, whatever one where they announced The Last Jedi. It was a long time ago now. Um, I was almost unconscious by the time I got through the parking lot. <laughs> into the into the actual event it was nuts i've never been so hot so yeah you do need to do you need to get in i guess kyle you're gonna need to tell me how i flatten my stomach and then i'll make a dancer cosplay okay yeah it's it's pretty i mean honestly any of those like real crap apps like go to Whatever you you have an Apple phone, right? So you, you go to the Apple Store. Yes, yes, I believe they're called iPhones, Kyle. I think they've they've coined a, a phrase to for the phone. I see. Well, grab your iPhone 35, <laughs> go to the store, and type like 30 day abs in there, and it's gonna have the absolute most crap image you've ever seen on the planet. But it's all just body weights. Like lift yourself. That's all you have to do is lift your own body. Oh yeah, here we go. Six packs in six pack in thirty days. This is not sponsored. None of this is sponsored. Home workout, photobull. Oh, this is editing. This is editing to give yourself fake abs. Uh, What? Ah, nice. Oh, six pack in thirty days. Okay, all right, cool. There, there we go. There, you know, I don't listen. I don't need definition. I, I just, I just, I just need to flatten it out a bit. Yeah, flatten out of it. Any of those. Now, you know, if if you get deeper into it, like don't build abs underneath your fat. You're gonna have to go on some sort of diet or trim. Uh, cut because otherwise you're going to get abs underneath your belly. And then you'll have like, you know, the classic, like, um, you know, the, the Armstrong, you know, from full metal alchemist, like, you know, mm. they're ripped, but they still got the belly because it's, it's just going to push your belly out. Cause now you have abs underneath that mm. Mm. balance. Mm. That balance. happens. That happens. Yeah. No, I definitely got a little, a little layer that needs to disappear first. Dude, it's almost winter. Like, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, my, my diet drive, my diet drive, right? Like people ripping on Jason Momoa off, off season, right? Like, <laughs> gee, come on. Like, uh, 
I'm, I'm about to have a second kid. Like, I'm, I'm not cutting Jack. Oh, yeah, Plus no. There's all I, these little, like, bowls of snacks left around my house from a three-year-old. Like, I'm finishing those. The, like, the last few weeks, I was on this thing where I'm like, I'm not going to drink until the weekend. And now my capstone is in overdrive. And <laughs> I am traveling this Sunday for my first big videography gig in a while while I'm still having to do my capstone while we, surprise, have a successful YouTube we need to keep running. Um so that went out the window. I had a, I had a, a high noon last night and I, it was wonderful. <laughs> well, if you all would like, I'll do something maybe in the discord, you know, I'll announce it here when I'm putting it up, I'll do like a fit for FanCon. Oh, I like that. Fest. I like it. Cause, Cause I don't think we've ever talked about the fact that you're really into fitness on the podcast. Yes. It's never come up, but the, you, you, you like, like any normal human, you go in and out of phases of, of really working on your, on yourself. Right. Um, but you, you and Kristen have a, are a deep well of knowledge on staying in shape. I really, I'm really enjoying it, but I also, I also enjoy like, you know, Oreos. Like I, I take, <laughs> there, there's on, off, on, off. You maintain like the running or whatever your kind of like cardio, keep your heart healthy business is. But then there's a time when you want to be like show ready. They call it, you know, my sister does like the full blown, you know, up on stage in the bikini kind of judges thing. And that. That that's nuts with you know all the, the powders and the the super diets and all that kind of thing. So I, I I'm in the middle. I, I'm 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 in the middle. You want you want to still live a, a somewhat functioning life? Yeah, not my <laughs> primary lifestyle, right? Like people who bike on the road, like you guys are nuts. I just can't. I, there's nothing relaxing. I think about what you're doing, but I'm really happy for your cardio. <laughs> that's a great activity. But I don't know why you choose the weekend to go bike on the long on the side of a road with like six inches to your name. This is where we, it's where we have the time, man. It's where we have the time to go to do the things we yeah. want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Not me, by the way. I would never, you'd never catch me biking on the road. No. Oh, I did a lot when I was younger to get home from school. And I just oh, didn't like it. Freaked me out. Yeah. No, I'm not a, not a fan. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of being softer than a car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what I not what I look forward to, but I do look forward to thanking our wonderful patrons for supporting us Ooh, over. Nice segue at Patreon.com/slash Garrett and Kyle, or just go to supportourbromance.com. It'll take you right there. If you like what Kyle and I do, whether it's this podcast, but also our other stuff, it, it, it is our Patreon for everything we do, everything we make. If you like our videos, if you like our streams, if you like our podcast, if you like any combination of those things. Maybe you just like us. You're just like, I just like those guys. I've like listened to them in six months, but I like them enough. I just want to chip them a dollar or two. Well, the Patreon is there for that. Check it out. Support our We'll get you access to the members only channel of our discord. There's quite a few channels in there. Get you an ad free version of the show. So you won't hear this. You will not hear this part. You're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear me say, also, we just launched our store, which if you guess that domain, it's by our bromance. Dot com. We've got shirts. Well we've got stickers. We've got a print that we commissioned. It's an awesome print. I just got it framed. I need to find a place to hang it now. Go check it out at buyourbromance.com. Those are all the ways that you can support Kyle and myself. And we would really appreciate it because, uh, you know, I got a roof to fix and Kyle's got another kid on the way. So thank you so much for the support, everybody. It means a ton to us. Yeah. Still, still need to, there's been no flashing in at Home Depot for a while. Post hurricane, no flashing. I, I don't know if that's actually. It's I, it's kind of it's, it's like the thing that goes under oh, the drip like edge. Roof stuff. I think flashing is usually what you do in corners. This is so horribly. 
<laughs> mundane, but whatever the, the edge, the edge of a, of a gable roof. That's the thing that's missing. I can't find it anywhere. It's just exposed right now. Oh my God. It's, I thought yeah. it was like a flash sale or you were like a depot bro or something like some <laughs> deep and rich culture of people who go to home depot and hate on no, those. So, and now people in chat are like soffit. No soffit's the underneath part. The soffit's still oh, there. It's the thing okay. on the end, the end cap. So yeah. Anywho, uh, context, a hurricane came through and I'm missing part of my roof. That's the context. Anywho, thanks for support, everybody. Support our bromance.com for our Patreon. Buy our bromance.com for our store. And now let's uh, take a quick break before we move on. All right, we're back. Let's get into uh, what we're playing. Uh, I've been packing and uh, playing Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> Almost all of my jobs are ready for roll quests, which I'm really excited nice. about. Um, well done. Yeah, I've 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 just I've been just vibing in Final Fantasy 14, man. I've been having a good time. I've I've been doing a lot of non-stream play, which I love streaming, but it's it's fun to just get in there and grind and not not you know have to worry about being entertaining while you do a what would be a boring thing to watch. Sure, but you know you could you could there's there's a chill right like absolutely you could hang out over it. It'd be a great platform to run a stream during. I also see a lot of people, you know, they take care of dailies while they watch videos and make react content at the same time. But yeah, yeah, there's, there's nothing like late night. Nobody bothering you in there. Just doing, doing the sauce, doing the good stuff. I got caught today. What'd you do? I got caught at the market board buying dancer gear. Cause my dancer hit 70 <laughs> and the, the full <laughs> set of 60 you? stuff that I was doing wasn't cutting it. I went out to go do, uh, some fates out on the first. Um, and so it's, it's essentially a level 70 zone that I'm doing the fates on and I'm on my dancer and I'm at all 60 gear and I just got wrecked, man. I just got rolled up and murdered. Well, by these mobs. And then I easy to forget. And then I looked at my gear. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is all my starter gear. <laughs> so I went Wait. to the market board and I'm like, and I, uh, I'm working my way backwards. I'm like, all right, let's get rid of the jewelry. The jewelry is like really weighing me down. And then uh, lovely, our good friend Fane, uh, just, I get opened up chat, uh, trade and I thought it was someone standing next to me, like made a mistake. So I canceled out of it and then they open it again. And I look at him like, Oh, Fane, Fane just gives me a whole set of dancer gear. And I was just like, you knew what I, did you know what I was here for? <laughs> like, no, I just had it laying around. I'm like, I'm literally standing here buying dancer gear right now. Like, so it was a, it was a fun little moment. It was a fun little moment. Yes, it's absolutely. So easy to forget. Absolutely, streamer privilege. Defunct rebel. Just yell it. Yell it from the mountaintops. It is easy to forget. You level. You level pretty quick. You level pretty quick in this game when you really go for it. When you really go for it. But well, and and the game is so story based when you're MSQing that you just kind of forget levels have gone by because you fight so infrequently. Yeah, so you it don't doesn't really feel doesn't feel like you should have leveled up. Even though I guess if you think about like what you go through in the course of the story, I guess you you would level up. Absolutely. At least in emotional destruction. (laughs) Well, and and story beats like, you know, sometimes your character is forgot. I think that's a great part of Final Fantasy is that they often structure the MSQ to have you leveling up as a power source or some sort of, you know, warrior of light. Yeah, it, it works. It works. There are justifications in the story for why you become more powerful. And I really like that touch. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I've, I've just been, enjoy- dude, it's, 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 it's start. It's feels like my game now. Like it feels like this is my MMO, which I almost okay. always have one in my life. And now it like final fantasy really a year later, really, it feels like it's that game in my life that it is my main game. It's, it's, it's my, my constant project. It's comfy. It's comfy. I think is a, is where I would put it. That's where I'm at with final fantasy 14 right now. I feel the way I felt about world of Warcraft for, a decade and a half. Very nice. I can't. Oh, wait to, I am. Oh, I can't wait to be raiding on the regular. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, this is a, the puzzle solving. But I just want to see like the loot matter. That's the thing I'm really curious about. Is when we're all caught up. No more minimum eye level. Like feeling the. Hey, what'd you get this week? Oh, you got a new ring. Nice, nice. We'll be needing that for the for the DPS check. What'd you get over there? Oh yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Your shield really help us out this time. And all that, all that sort of like conversation, that real nitty gritty table talk kind of stuff is something I do miss. I do miss a lot. Uh, but I have, I have also been doing a little bit of that here and there, but I've been working on that game, the Jedi of fallen order. And, uh, I got, I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts, Garrett. Oh, oh, are we going to end friendship today? No, no, no. I actually, I've actually been kind of, kind of deep here. So for the live crowd, you're going to see a little bit of me playing. You'll see kind of my organic uh, experience arriving on a new planet. So what I did was uh, they did like a classic choice. They were like, do you want to go to planet one or planet two? Planet two is really cool. You should do that first. And I was like, awesome. And everyone's like, do planet two. I'm not streaming it. But, you know, I was like talking about it a little bit. Do planet two, planet two. So cool. You as well, Garrett. Oh, so that just, was, so planet two was Dathomir. Yes, Dathomir. Okay. I just hit a wall. I, I did not care. At all. Like, I, I was playing next to Kristen. It's a real it's a real cozy game, right? You know, like, we enjoy playing Dark Souls together. We do, love doing uh, solo games. I was playing God of War recently, so this has become kind of our little evening, our evening tradition, our little watch party. And you'll even see here when, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to what I guess is like my tutor Jedi Master or something like that. I just kind of start wandering off. I'm, I'm kind of sad that the players, or the characters you interact with have, like, leashes on their conversation because he'll be like I, I just need a minute and walk off i'm like no 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 no. you were just boring like i still want to hear what you have to say i just wasn't i wasn't involved enough like you weren't doing anything emotion wise that kept me engaged your model wasn't you know uniquely lip sync you were just kind of gesturing so i got bored no please keep talking i just want to go work on my lightsaber it's not your fault you're just a little dull i still want to hear what you have to say you so know, I, I went, it'd be cute if they made it where they just it suddenly it turns over to calm chatter as opposed yes, to. Yes, that'd be a great way to do it, right? Like calm's always on, uh, you know, proximity voice chat exists in the Star Wars universe. Like, let's do it. But so I went to Dathomir and I turned to Chris and I'm like, oh, gosh, just watch this be like one sister. And in classic, like, you know, cult led, <laughs> there's going to be going to be one sister's going to walk out and then she's just going to summon a bunch of shirtless dudes. And that'll be the rest of the level. And lo and behold, I walk in and she's like, you're not welcome here. Empower shirtless dudes with the power to not die to lightsabers instantly or something like that. And I was just like, oh, please. I was a little, I was a little upset. I was a little like, oh, this game's crap. This game's crap. I'm not invested here. This game's crap. However, I took a moment. I took a moment and said, you know what? No, I'm going to play this like I do Dark Souls. There's all these trappings that keep trying to tell me it's not Dark Souls, like the character talking all the time about completely useless crap. Like, there it is. Guess that's where I'm going. It's like, no shit. Like, it's a rather linear map. Like, you're going there. Shut up. But 
I, I decided I, I I went back inside myself a little bit and I said, you know what? You know, there's a load screen. It's it's cleverly disguised, sure, with like the spaceship taken off and you like, you know, didn't sit in the chair until it's ready and we go through space. Like that's kind of cute. But in Dark Souls, if I came across an area that was complete bullshit, like these shirtless dudes are, I would just pack my bags and leave and go to another zone. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's what I do. You come across a bullshit area. And you say, not today, I'll come back when I'm completely overpowered, this is an RPG, and I'll own all these shirtless dudes, get straight to the, the gal who casts things, and maybe I'll have a good time at that point. So I went off to Other Planet. Help me out, Gary. Other Planet. I don't know. I don't know what Other Planet is. Is the one that I'm looking the, at? Yes, the planet that matters. The planet you want to see next. Uh, there it's, shouldn't have... it's a planet that doesn't matter and isn't famous within the lore at all, as opposed to the one you hate, which is one of the most famous planets in the extended fiction of Star Wars. Yes, because I actually, so she, she walks out, she's like, enchant my warriors with No, 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 it's all right. I already powers. understand that you're wrong. We don't need to go any more deep into how wrong okay. you are. Let's no, talk no, no, about no, the no, planet no. you did enjoy. The, the planet I did enjoy was full of stormtroopers, and I got to feel like I actually owned a lightsaber. Like, I needed this. I needed this little intro to kind of get into. I need to at least feel like a lightsaber was a decent weapon which it's not against shirtless players. But listen, I'll give you that. I, the, the deflecting of lasers in this game is so goddamn satisfying it's that OP, when there aren't people, when there aren't people shooting lasers at you, it is, I'll give you that. I am freaking with you there, man. This, this game has a really satisfying lightsaber deflect. And when people aren't there to shoot lasers at you, you notice it. You notice here, it. Here, you can see on screen for the live crowd. You know, you can see on screen, I start moving slower. I start keeping my guard up because this is how I play Dark Souls. And it's a problem I think a lot of people had with Sekiro is he moved too fast. So everyone was like, oh, this is an action game. This is an action game. My character runs all the time. No, you, you're supposed to be methodical. And one thing that Jedi Fallen Order does horribly is you don't really pull. There's not a lot of AI and like pulling things around corner. You don't feel like you're cheating the game because it's built like an action game. You're meant to kind of keep running and have, you know, an easier time on an easier difficulty. But I'm playing on, you know, the harder difficulty here. I'm, I want to I want to feel that exploration and those steps. So I started I started walking real slow. I started keeping my guard up wherever I was walking. I started doing the Dark Souls thing. Uh, and I started having a decent time with it. I started really feeling the the atmosphere a little more, enjoying the environment, getting to know the enemies and their counters I started investing more in hitting Y, which is the heavy attack, because that's how I always play. I always play Dark Souls, sword and board, but it's one big-ass shield and one huge, like, Zweihander, like, one giant-ass, and I just block, block, block till I figure out your pattern, and then I go, whoa, with an attack that takes a full minute to land, and then, and then I'll go, you know, roll around in circles for another five minutes. Okay, so you're, so you're getting into the, you're, you're invested in the gameplay and not as much the, the surroundings. Yeah, I'm starting to build the character. I'm investing more in the heavy attacks. I'm avoiding force point kind of things. I'm starting to spec in a way that makes him feel like my own. And I did realize in the background here that the reason I didn't give a crap about his face is because FromSoft has horrible faces and they're always ugly as hell. So in my brain, when people are dissing on a real guy's face, I'm like, what the hell is your problem? His face doesn't matter. Because I'm going to get a cool helmet at some point, and he's just going to go away because that's how Dark Souls goes. I don't think there's cool helmets in this game, nor even like goggles or something for the guy. So I'm I don't think you can cover that. up this dude's head at all, which is a shame because he has such a boring haircut. And I, I don't really care because he's supposed to be my self-insert. And in that way, I do kind of wish he'd be quiet a little more. Like He <laughs> says a lot of useless stuff. 
Oh, don't don't like, ever play Horizon if you can't stand the character you're playing. Not shutting the hell up. I I don't really know her. I, I was actually told this uh, last week that they have added accessibility options that allow you to hoover up the items on the ground. So my main complaint about having a crafting game where I had to watch her bend over all the time that was me watching reviews on release. Apparently, that's been you can check a box and get rid of that now. You have some of the yeah. most oddly specific hangups with video games, dude. I do, but it's because it's because I figured out my preferences. And having your preferences means you get to be even happier. So I'm exploring this game now with Dark Souls in mind and allowing myself to enjoy it more because of that, because I'm matching the play style and I'm starting to do it in my own way. Oh, you're making so me want to play. I really so enjoyed the combat. I, yeah, it, it was good. It's good. Like, I, I still think that I I wish they would have put all their points in jumping and just put it in combat. Like, the jumping puzzles aren't terribly complicated. They're forgiving enough that, you know, when you fall wrongfully because you have to jump across the 27 spinning force platforms in a row, you just restart back at the start as long as you have enough health. Like, they, they were nice about it. They thought about it a little bit. But it's still just kind of clunky. And I do think the kid moves too fast without running. It gives you this atmosphere that you're supposed to be booking it everywhere and being action-packed, Joe. And instead, the game is more methodical. I, did, I didn't like, play it that way at all. I was constantly moving. I had you were just, you I were was always, very yeah. high maneuverability when I, was, when I was playing through this game. Were you on story mode or were you on, like, normal? Uh, normal. Okay, okay. So, normal, probably a little more forgiving. I'm not saying, you know, oh, I'm, I'm having a richer experience than you. No, not at all. Like, this is just how I prefer. I like it being slow and methodical, and I want to really absorb the environment and the enemies as I trudge through it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I oh. typically enjoy more fluid combat in my games, but I mean, it's the same thing with Halo. Like, I love running gun in Halo, but the second you you throw that thing up to Legendary, I'm sitting behind a corner with a sniper rifle inching my way through a level. Exactly, and I think that this game has a good block system. It's a little... It's a little weird sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm curious if there's like a talent point down the road that allows me to do a quick attack out of a block. If that ever gets unlocked. No, then I, I, I definitely don't have that kind of knowledge of this game. Okay. If, if ever, while holding block, if you hit X or something, you do a little like, this is a really quick one, then I've got no complaints. Like, it's a little clunk, but it ain't bad and it works. And when you deflect and when you counter, it's totally functional. It's fine. It doesn't have the tightness of Sekiro, but that's perfectly, perfectly fine. I'm having a decent time. It's it's adjacent, right? Like it is not a. It is very much not a FromSoft game, but you can see yeah. the influence. And just owning Stormtroopers felt great. So yeah, 100 into that. What I really discovered this last week, and I think this is where, you know, the two the two gaming communities butt heads so much, is that. Star Wars is often a license that does other things that exist. They put the Star Wars license on top of the thing. And that gets a lot of new players to try that thing. So in this case, oh, it's a Dark Souls game. Well, not, not really. Not, not, not exactly. But a lot of people for the very first time tried a Dark Souls style game because it had the Star Wars name on it. And it's also Metroidvania style. Like there's a lot, they're pulling a lot of different threads to make the game a little bit more their own, particularly with the puzzle stuff. Um, but I think that's where the, the the real backlash comes from because what happens is people see a game like this, and I do it too, and you go, oh, I like this better in Dark Souls, or I wish they were more creative with the bad guys, like in KOTOR. And a lot of people simply haven't played those games. Those are, they're 
pretty obscure games. As big as Elden Ring got, and as big as KOTOR was, like, they're still just... They're, 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 they're more shut-off kind of games. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just heavy, heavy investments. Baldur's Gate, all these sort of things. They are multi, like, 100 hours to beat. And you just can't expect the average Joe to do that when you have a 20-hour Star Wars game you could just plow through and have a good time. So what happens is I show up or another Dark Souls fan shows up and says, hey, I wish the blocking was more responsive. And someone's like, oh, I never played that. What, you didn't like it? And then your brain goes, oh, it goes a little defensive. And the first thing you do is you dig on the story because that's where you can connect because at least you both experience the same story. And so your brain goes, fine, you care so much about story. I'm going to start ripping on the Star Wars story, getting in there and being a villain. This is this is completely serviceable. Like, I really don't. I have nitpicks but I don't really have any heavy issues with it. Knowing how you are, I'm going to take this as a glowing review of yes, <laughs> Fallen Order. But, but yeah, I, I feel like this visual aid that the live chat's getting is really important because you can see just how slow I want to go. And I really dislike this game when I went at the walk speed it gave me. The, mm. the pacing was way off for what... I thought this game was. Now I'm, I got to the spinning turbine, so I'm going to advance my video. <laughs> oh, did you die a bunch of times? Oh, dude, it was late. Was it like the was, uh, was it the, uh, the the beehive card game of Fallen Order for you, <laughs> dude? It was also where like day one, I went and checked out streams, and like everyone was there. Everyone was at that spinning platform thing, and you slow it down. You can't unslow it, so it then you have to wait for it to go. So you keep like slowing it over and over because it's kind of almost there, and then you get impatient, you jump, and you mess it up, like. I saw this so many times on stream. I was like, oh, this is a jumping game. This game sucks, you know? It, I don't think this game put its best foot forward for streaming, which is an interesting conversation. You know, maybe for another day, but, uh, you know, it's like walking in. This is an old uh, Eddie Izzard bit, so I'll, I'll, you know, give reference. But it's, it's when you walk into the grocery store and the first thing you see is toilet paper and you go, oh, this is a poo shop. Everything here is about poo. <laughs> Like, no, you walk in the store, you see the fresh produce, you see the deli, and your brain goes, ah, everything is fresh in here. And I feel like Dathomir with the shirtless dudes and jumping puzzle on the rainy planet, the stormtrooper planet, you zoom through that opening level, which is so crisp and so well done and really sets the tone with the junk world. And you get straight to kind of lame like limestone planet, which I actually really liked. I thought that had a lot of uh, intricacy and freedom of movement to explore. But that's all, that's all just, it's so direct. And so everybody who checked out a stream day one saw you doing jump puzzles or saw you dying to shirtless lame dudes. <laughs> and it was a horrible advertisement for the game. So you're, you're assuming is, everyone dislikes shirtless dudes as much as you do. I, there, there was a time where, you know, in KOTOR, a dude shows up and he's like, Vibroblade, ah, a Jedi, I got you. And you're like, Vibroblade, okay, neat. And then episode, what, two happened? Where they're like, these droids have electric things. They have shock sticks and they can block lightsabers. And you're just like, now, come on. Now, come on. Also, what, what was this fresh pile of bullshit? These like giant slammy machines like I, it's, it's metroidvania don't think about it it's called right? a video game kyle yeah like giant slammy machines it's called uh, a video just, game we're just randomly slamming it, does, it doesn't matter like you go through blight town and dark souls I'm, I, I, it's hard traps. for me not to look at this and be like you're just mad because you're not very good at platform <laughs> yeah no i am it's true but uh i did not die but, this many times <laughs> 
but it just didn't have its best foot forward. And I'm wondering if like planet three after, or I guess this is planet four after the initial split will kind of give me that, like, here, here we go. Here we go. Now I'm an expert too. Like I have the skills I need to compete in this game. It's just not as fun to farm. And like, I, I don't really, is there an XP? Do I even know how many skill points I have before I go rest? Dude, I haven't played this game in years. I can't bar? help you. Okay. <laughs> I know this is a detailed, detailed deep dive on a game that came out a long time You're into ago. deep systems, and I was just like, I, I'm just enjoying the combat, and I'll spend things as I get them, and I want to see the story through. That was that was my journey through this game. Nah, story's only as good as the difficulty surrounding it. I, I, I disagree. Otherwise, it's an unearned... That's not how I vibe. Story. Yeah. That is, that is uh, a weird Kyleism that I disagree with. <laughs> so I will continue to report back, but yeah, I've, I've gotten over a lot of my Dark Souls-isms, uh, and um, I'm, I'm feeling ready. You got over it, but you're still somewhat demented. Well, yeah, that, that's what preferences are. They're <laughs> special dementeds that you have, and you you take advantage of them, right? So you're a happier person. I just, uh, you know, I just, I just want solid combat and a story I give a shit about. So th- honestly, this is basically the same. I came to this game for almost the same reason I came to the new God of War. Like they're, they're in the same, they are in the same bracket of what I consider like really satisfying combat games with extremely well-written narratives. God of War definitely did the writing better. Like that's just. That's just the truth of it. The, oh, the I agree. I, I agree. I think they're both good, though. Um, and because, again, I don't like the character of Fallen Order, but I still came out of it being like, damn, that was a really solid Star Wars story. Just let me put a helmet on him. I'll be fine. Like I a hood. Give me a hood. It's a you're playing a Jedi. Where's my hood? Yeah, well, it's a game of ponchos. That's all you get. Would you like yellow yeah. poncho or red poncho? You decide. I mean, it'd be fun to customize your character, too. I know you can mod it and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because I know I played as a little kid there for a little bit. You know, there's still there's still a chance. There's more there than the ripping on him made me assume. Mm, yeah, no, it's 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 a good story. It's a good narrative. I'm also having a horrible time uh, not blocking when I'm jumping. So you know, oh, yeah, I'm like all like, stuff. Good, I'll like, get over I'm, in I'm time. Like, do you, do you, you know, there's a button to grab that rope, right, Kyle? Yeah, but I have to hold it, and it's a different button than in Dark Souls. <laughs> so they should have just matched the controller too to you know make the onboarding easier. You know, there's no reason are to be moving. Are you playing on your block. Couldn't you customize that? Can I? I'm, I'm assuming you can I'll, buy I'll whatever you want. It. See, that's why that's why I went to Rainy Planet, because by the time I get back to shirtless dudes, I'll completely own them. It won't be a big deal. I'll zoom right past them. You, you, there's a there's an interesting piece of kit you're missing from not doing shirtless dude planet. Um, I'll be OK. What, like unlocking stuff, like having to go back to the planet again because I don't have double jump, that sort of thing? No, it's just something that I wasn't expecting, and it delighted me when I found it, and it changed how I played through the game. Huh? Well, I will get to that much later when I care, because I've, I do not get too Hey, hey, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm all I'm all about just whatever whatever gets you through, whatever you you care about is cool. we did some stuff in final fantasy recently, which we're going to talk about on our next video where I was like, I didn't care about this. Let me talk about the thing I did care about. And I'm sure yeah. some people are going to get rubbed the wrong way by that. Well, you have many, you know, you have such a wide audience, particularly in MMOs that I feel like uh, some of that is just trying to have your cake and eat it too. 
You know, you gotta yeah. supply so yeah. many. Well, when, when, when you stream too, like you're going to be exposed to every type of player that is into every type of thing that the game has to offer. And when you don't line up with that, it's not that everyone shares that opinion. It's that there's so many people experiencing what you're experiencing that you get the full, the full gamut of people that are invested in this game for the reason that they're invested for it. So when I hear things like you got to play through it with the, 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 the dungeon again with the solo duty thing. And I'm like, I no, I'm fine. I'm good. Like <laughs> I have no interest. Um, but, you know, for other people, they're really stoked about it. The thing is, is that I, I'm not. I'm me. I'm stoked about the things that I'm stoked about. And as I found out recently from talking about my opinions of the final two episodes of Cyberpunk, a lot of people don't think about the world the way I do. <laughs> Including Kyle, who has really strong opinions about 3D and anime, except when it comes to Studio Trigger stuff, apparently. Well, you gotta, it's where your eye is. It's about where your eye is and where the, the attention is. So we're, ultimately, where's your eye when you're watching Bender rotate in 3D? <laughs> right on Bender, and I hate it. <laughs> Read a book while you watch that episode. <laughs> have you ever, um, have, have you ever like, uh, you played a racing game and in the background there's a crowd and you suddenly look at them and they're all just like cardboard cutouts? Yes. Same thing. Like the, the, the car is nice, so you didn't notice for a long time. It takes a while to see those scenes. But the, but the car wasn't nice, is, is my point. I, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm not, I'm not a researcher in this. You guys, and it's you also literally it. the focal point of the shot. Subscribe to the Patreon. You'll get it, you know, you'll get the special <laughs> Actually, audio talk. Yeah, you we don't have. need to. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, anyways, let's, uh, let's, we got a mailbag. We got a proper mailbag today. I'd like to get through as much of this as we can. So let's, uh, let's move into uh, some Q&A. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can send your emails to feedback at startgrindinggear.com or if you're supporting us on Patreon or the YouTube membership program, we have a dedicated channel in our Discord for you where you can drop questions for Kyle and me. Typically pull from this to fill out the podcast, but also if you like want an answer right then and there, just tag us. Answer it when we can get to it. And anyways, we've got a slew of con-related questions, and then we've got spooky-related questions and then there's just this one in here that's just very specific to me that I thought just made me start belly laughing and it came in during the show. So I added it. Um, but we're going to start with Nicole Loran says, uh, if the podcast is about cons, which was the worst event you've been to and why? Mm. <sighs> I don't even know what the con was called. Uh, the, the, all the way back. In the ancient year of 2009, when I was graduating college, I went to some random like nerd con in Miami and it just sucked. <laughs> it was just lame. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was in the summer. It was one of the last things I did before I moved to Southern California. Cause I went out to, I moved to, I moved to LA the summer of 2009. It was one of the last things I did and it was not a good convention and it not a very good story. It's just, it was like going into a mall that's closing. <laughs> like it was just a lot of fluorescent lighting and not much to do. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that. Uh, I don't really have one because they've changed with time so much. And plus like BlizzCon kind of became like going to Disney world too often. But I also increased my jobs impact on my time there. So it sort of equaled out. 
Because originally, you know, you, you go as a fan, you do all the floor stuff, you do all the pictures, you do all the, the panels you want, like you caught everything you could possibly want to. And the next year, there's that little pang of like, oh, I just rode this ride. Like, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just the same thing over again. Not that much has changed. But slowly, I was doing dev interviews. I was, you know, up in the, I was having lunch up in the, you know, the media area and stuff like that. And it became more casual in that way. So I never really got bored. And when I think of like old mega cons I went to, I mean, yeah, my cosplay of Escaflone uh, anime uh, stuff was, you know, it was pretty low tier, but not, not a lot of people were going full outfit kind of stuff. So it didn't really matter. No, I wasn't, I wasn't standing out nowadays. If I walked in there with that, you know, Joanne's fabric monstrosity, I would, I would be ashamed. <laughs> uh, but the old anime convention wasn't about being entertained. It was literally the only place in a Amazon-less world where you could go get a small flag that said PVP on it and dunk a huge cup to buy dice out of somebody's, you know, bin and go buy that anime you were looking for, but it's kind of under the plastic because I, that was, that was kind of weird, but you know, like I, there's probably bootleg too. So there was an energy there that nowadays would be absurdly lame. Like I went to a Renaissance fair this last year and no one was forging. It was so, I was so disappointed. I've never been to a Renaissance fair. They're fun. Uh, in particular, you have one by, up by your um, your children's museum. That's pretty rocking. Oh, Mosey? Uh, Mosey, yeah. Do yeah. You the one by Mosey. It yeah. was. God, anyway. I went to Mosey so many times growing up for field trips. Jesus. Yeah, get yourself uh, that, like, mold-injected brontosaurus. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I liked the wind tunnel. The wind tunnel was good. That was yep, fun. Wind tunnel. That was always a good time. And they were the oh. first place I ever had Dippin' Dots. Sure. Yeah, because science. Yeah, science. science. CO2. How does it work? So, yeah, I yeah, I, I have really fond memories of MegaCon, but like honestly, like looking back, it's probably, it was the first con I went to. Like it was a, I remember being a really big deal going to my first. Uh, so MegaCon is a local convention in Orlando, Florida, uh, pretty damn big now. Uh, first time I went was freshman year of college, which for me was two thousand and five. So I went in 2005, I went in my Anakin Skywalker cosplay that I sewed myself, which just like you, man, if I look at that thing now, I'm like, ooh, I could do so much better. But uh, yeah, that was the one, I think I've told you this story before, where a mom stopped me and she's like, I'm sorry, could you take a picture with my little son? He thinks you're actually Anakin Skywalker. And it was just, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird moment of like, oh God, I hope I don't scar this kid for life. Nah, that's great. It's a lot of, it's a lot of weight. Uh, Renaissance fairs, man, like they in an Amazon age, if all you have is a table with a bunch of trinkets on it, like all I see is like Claire's at the mall. And I'm just like, oh, you just bought these in a little bag off like AliExpress. And now you're hawking them for three times the price here. Like you got to be like (laughs) in there with your little tweezers and you got to have your books with all the papers that are all uneven. And you're like sealing it with some, you know, some paint. I heard that the very same like traveling Renaissance fair when they went up to Washington instead of Portland here, it was the same group and they just had more land. So they got out the forges and they started forging and hammering swords. Uh, and so it's artists, a, it's more of a venue issue. Yeah. The venue is too small. So mm-hmm. behind your Mosey, is that what you called? Mosey. Uh, Mosey. Okay. Here we have the Omsi. So I get a little confused, but 
behind them, they used to back in like 2009, they had a really nice like wooded area that they set up the con in. So you, you had more of like kind of that Lord of the Rings feel, right? Like no evergreens, but you know, it was the trees were shading the jousters and the jousters were jousting and it was spread out enough. And then there's the one person over there with marijuana paraphernalia, you know, like it's, it's just what happens at a Renaissance fair. Like people sell stuff. Because <laughs> you know, you're forging glass in 2022. Like what else are you making over there? Like <laughs> nobody gives a crap. You got to get your hemp poncho somewhere, Kyle. Exactly. Exactly. I love going. I like in this freeze one didn't have a book place. That's my favorite place to go. I always go. I get a journal that I'm going to use for my future D&D planning. Didn't have a journal store. Really disappointed in my most recent Renaissance first. So that's my answer. Uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. And it was just some random con in, 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 in Miami. At this point, I, I go to cons because there's things I actually want to see. Um, or people I want to hang out with, not, not for the swag, like not to just go shopping, but if there's happens to be something there I want, then it's a cool little bonus. Um, the first year of Tampa Bay comic-con was pretty rough too, but it was, it ended up being kind of cool. Like, uh, cause I like still one of the most fun, like celebrity panels I ever saw. It was the, this was a while ago. This was a game of game of Thrones at its height before everyone, you know, before it got terrible. And they had a panel with, Jason Momoa, who's the Mando Mandalorian, uh, Pedro Pascal, yeah, and Maisie Williams. Hmm. And so this is the first year of Tampa Bay Comic Con. We looked nothing up. It was like fifteen dollars to go, and we're like, screw it. It's it's only a forty minute drive. Let's just go see what it is. So we went on. We went just for the sh- for the hell of it, and then we saw people lining up, and we're like, what are you lining up for? And they're like, oh, it's a Game of Thrones panel. So I look at it. We look at it. We're like, oh. We, we like these actors. Let's go watch it. And it, it was like really low key and not all that planned out. And it ended up being super delightful because Momoa showed up with a cooler full of beer and he and Pedro Pascal just started drinking and telling old set stories. And Maisie Williams was delightful. And it was, it was just fun. It was one of the most fun celebrity panels I ever went to. It was very, very freaking funny. Momoa was in game of Thrones. He was in the first season. He was called Drogo. It's the first thing anybody oh, ever saw Jason Momoa. Right. Right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like at this point, like I've been to so many of these things. I, I don't, you gotta be a, a pretty big celebrity for me to give a crap, but I still think really fondly about that one particular panel. So that was cool. Even though the con itself was like super ramshackle. So sometimes you go to smaller cons that are a bit of a shit show and you still end up having a good time. So anywho, moving right along, Arathane, thanks for uh, sending this in, said, I assume the best cons you've been to are BlizzCons at their height. What's the best non-BlizzCon you've ever been to? DragonCon. DragonCon in Atlanta is, it might legitimately just be the best con I ever went to. Like... Atlanta nerds go all out. Also, DragonCon is just so big, people travel for it. And it is, it's just the biggest party I've ever been to. I, I had so much fun at DragonCon. I only went once. It was uh, 2015. It was the year I was getting married. And our mutual friend, Justin Robert Young uh, and Ashley, they were getting married and they were getting married at DragonCon. And so last minute, Katie and I decided, screw it. We can drive to Atlanta. Let's just go. They're getting married. All our friends are there because we didn't have any plans. One of our buddies had an extra bed in their hotel room. We paid them for half of it. We drove up to Atlanta and we went to 
last minute Dragon Con, and I, uh, my God, dude, it was so much fun. The night culture there, like everyone comes with like two costumes a day. You've got the thing you wear during the day, and then night drops, and you go get your sexy costume. Like it's ridiculous. It's just That's a the big Renaissance party. Fair scene too. Yeah. It's just a big party. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun. I also went to MomoCon once. Blizzard sent me out there for a Heroes of the Storm panel, and I had never been to MomoCon, which is another convention that happens in Atlanta, and it was fantastic. They had all like this massive like Japanese arcade pit. With like those really expensive Gundam pods that we don't get here. Like the cosplay was off the freaking chain. It was the first time I ever even heard the words My Hero Academia uttered. Like <laughs> it, it was legit. Like MoboCon freaking rules. So like just go to an Atlanta con, I guess is my answer. Atlanta goes off. Atlanta shows up for their conventions. Like damn. Hmm. Hmm. I wish I could say my own con, the A-Move con, but I was not prepared for that. Oh, I guess we did. We did do a con. Yeah. <laughs> we did put on a convention. Yeah, that was, yeah. that's, that's its own special memory. That is, it's, I don't think of that as a con. I think of that as a, the only time in my life I was as stressed as I was for that was pr- planning my own wedding. I can see that. Yeah, it was a, it was a big, um, it was a big event. It's, it's definitely a. A touchstone. Somebody out there would get asked the question, what's the worst con you ever went to? And they were like, oh, I went to this convention in Orlando called Create Con. It was so ramshackle. Dude, <laughs> you know, I saw a great quote. I saw a great quote the other day, which was, uh, you only have cringy memories because you've improved as a person. And I believe that. That's, those are words. Otherwise, they'd just be memories. Otherwise, they'd just be memories. You know, <laughs> the only reason you're cringing out of us because you got better since then. Those are so, words to live by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but best, I, I think I'd go with that. Um, I think I'd go with that renaissance. But again, these are so trapped in their own times, right? That doesn't doesn't so. make them invalid. Yeah. Renaissance fair there behind the mosey yelling huzzah at the, <laughs> the rider buys. It was a great area. Uh, now I need to go and let you know how it was. Yeah, do one. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, Vernacular Ham wants to know what we're interested in seeing or doing at FanFest. I just want to see my friends. Yeah, I, it, a lot of it's just, you know, people like getting to getting to hang out with everybody and whatever we end up doing for our meetup. That's kind of what I'm most excited about. I'm excited to like, you know, kind of like I hear there's like custom trials and stuff. Sometimes they have like little things you can fight that are unique to the event. I would like but, to do one of those uh, as far as official things. Yeah, I want to do one of the custom in-game events that they put together and I want to see the Primals concert. But other than that, I I just want to go to a con that I know my friends are traveling to go to as well. Like, that's really it. Like, I, I look forward to, I almost look more forward to hanging out the night after the con than I do the con itself. Because it's very rare that we're all in the same room together. So. Yeah. Uh, Baggin said, any essential advice uh, for first time con goers out there? At any phase, buying tickets, reserving rooms at the con, recovering from the con, etc. Um, buy a room now if you want to go to FanFest, because if it's anything like BlizzCon, those rooms are going to sell out. And you're going to be really far away, although apparently there's this monorail system. I'm not, a, I'm not Vegas savvy, so, you know, if you can also get a hotel near that public transit, get a hotel near that public transit. But as much as you can book early, book early. And a lot of stuff, too, you don't even need to pay for it right away. 
Um, like most hotels will not charge you until you actually stay there. Um, I end really technical thing about hotel booking right now. Every hotel on earth is offering you a discount, but it's non-refundable. And usually the discounts like maybe $10 a day. This, this, this uh, type of shit pay the extra $10 because yeah. you never know what comes up. You might get sick and not be able to go. Something might come up in your life. Like I book it at the slightly more expensive rate because when, when they let you cancel it, it's usually it's 24 hours. You, you can cancel the day before the damn event or in this, well, day before you book, like I'm, I think I booked, I think I booked us for a day before and two days after to give myself a little, like I'm probably going to want to go explore Vegas kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, that's my like super tactical, like Garrett teaches you how to be an adult. <laughs> In my opinion, it's worth paying a little bit extra so you can cancel your damn hotel reservation. And at that Mine, point, uh, at that point, it's fully refundable too. So it's like, who cares about the extra rate? Because if you didn't I, go, I, then cool. Yeah, that, that's nitty gritty advice. I like it. I mean, of course, you'll hear stuff like you know, bring deodorant, which is true. You know, oh, for the love of God, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're gonna forget because you've got all this other stuff on your mind. You're, you know, you, you maybe want to look good. You're, you're picking out you're the right shirt you're gonna wear. Whatever. I like, have it's forgotten. Just, honestly, easy to forget. I have forgotten shirts. I have forgotten. Yeah. I have forgotten toothbrush like twice for BlizzCon. That's always a pain in the ass because you're so excited. And you're like, I gotta go. I gotta take time out of my day to go to Walgreens. Gotta go find a Walgreens and buy a damn. It's such a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, there's all that kind of stuff. But, but my real advice, particularly for introverts out there, is be honest with yourself and listen to yourself because honestly, a lot of people try to hook up, and so while you know maybe friends or friends of friends. Wow, this is where we're going. Yeah, but people are encouraging you. No, no, no. We're not going there. Like, if you want to hook up, go for it. No, 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 no. I'm oh, saying like, oh, then choose your words, Kyle. <laughs> well, no, I'm getting to it. Like, like my Star Wars reviews, I'm getting to it. You, your friends are going to want to go somewhere that you might be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm kind of tired. I would personally just like a pizza and I'll watch like whatever's on Showtime or something. Like, enjoy that. Enjoy yourself. Because honestly, when you get to the place where people are mingling. A lot of people are just trying to hook up. And if you're not into that scene, you're hanging out with your significant other anyway. Like the people watching could be kind of fun. But really, you'd probably have a better time back in your own room anyway. So when it comes to night stuff, people are going to be night stuffy. And if you don't, don't want to be a part of that, I don't it's think I've ever home. been in a situation where I thought people were like trying to hook up and I felt awkward. I don't think oh, I've all oh, that or I'm a, I'm thick and don't pick up on it. But I. I can, th- I can think of one instance at MomoCon, and that's exactly what I did. I was like, I'm done. I'm going to go to my room. Yeah, but it, it's and it's not like always so obvious. Like we did the um the influ- we did those influencer events when we went to BlizzCon a couple of years, and there's a lot of schmoozing, a lot of schmoozing. And what I ended up doing is in like the corner with the core guys and yourself. Like we kind of like built our own little hangout fort. Where it was just a bunch of nerds sitting in the corner while we, we literally people stole interacted. a corner. We took a corner yeah. over, uh, and yeah, we just like here you go, wallflowers. This is this is your safe zone. Yeah, come hang out with us. We would travel in packs to go turn in our drink tickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, got to stay comfy. You got to stay comfy. But yeah. you know, if if you are, you know, a word that gets thrown around a lot, um, which is um, often misused. And now I've completely forgotten after this great lead up I've done for it. Um, empathetic. If you're empathetic, 
if you're an introvert and you're empathetic, body language in that room is going to be atrocious. Like it's just going to it's going to be weird. People are gesturing their shoulders, crossing their legs certain directions. Like it, it's, I just don't have a good time in the hook on the zones. So <laughs> when I excuse myself, I know it makes me happy. And Showtime might be showing Lord of the Rings or something back in the hotel. <laughs> Yours is more specific no, than I thought you were going to go, but I, I I agree with the... I really haven't been in that position because I always find either other couples to hang out with or just people who that's not what they're there for and we just have a good time hanging out. Yeah. Um, but there's it's, like... The, at the core of what you're talking about too is just like, don't overdo it. Yeah. Feel free to... Like, feel free to call it a night and be rested for day two. Be comfortable with yourself. Like, you don't have to... Go to that extra panel if you're feeling tired. You're not going to have a better time because you did. Like FOMO is not something uh, that you should really be feeling at a con. You should just be kind of going with the waves, you know, feeling feeling your whimsy and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoy yourself. But that's it. Yeah. As far as buying tickets, I have no tips other than you know what I do. I can tell you what I did or what we usually do. And, I, you know, if you want to do this, go for it. We usually, whatever the limit is, which for BlizzCon used to be four, you could buy four. We would literally make a group of four people. We would all call each other. Back in the day, it was Skype. Nowadays, we'd probably do it on Discord. And we would all smash refresh when tickets go on sale. And whoever got through bought all four tickets for the group of four. And this worked every year. One of us got through every single year for BlizzCon. And even the years that we were lucky enough to get media passes we wouldn't get cleared for media until like a week before the event horrifying so you wouldn't know so we would just buy them anyway and then sell them because you could always sell the passes off so this is not a unless you're a content creator this is a relevant tip for you but but the the point stands that every year even the the final one 2019 where i was pretty sure i was gonna get a media pass because i didn't had i'd gotten one multiple years in a row i still had a group we had katie me two other buddies and we were all on discord together and slam and refresh and whoever got through every year, by the way, it was Katie. I don't know what magic touch she has on the F five key. She always gets through. She always gets the tickets, but that's what I we do. Just focus. Cause I fart off. Like I, I start looking out the window and <laughs> <I> start <laughs> browsing other web pages. I get bored. <laughs> Kristen has resolved. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've sat shoulder to shoulder with Katie and we both did the same thing and she still got through. So I don't know. She's just, she's a master of getting tickets. So it's a great question that came up in the chat here. That was, uh, any advice for meeting internet friends for the first time? Ah, uh, have fun. Cause it's a special moment. Yeah. It never gets old for me. Like straight up never gets old. If I have a new internet friend and I've, I've had this experience so many times of having a friend that I only know from online and meeting them for the first time in person, I have gone through that many times. And for me, it's, it's it's magical every time. Uh, I, I, I I like, I like my friends. Uh, Many people in my life have uh, uh, described me as intensely loyal, uh, which has been a bad thing at times, but I like my friends. I like keeping up to date with my friends. My friends are important to me. Um, so I really like seeing them. Um, so I'm the type of person I like this type of shit I live for. I, I just love getting together with people, especially after Jesus Christ, after 2020, I can't wait to see some folks, but, um, yeah, I don't really have any advice other than, I mean, respect wishes. Not everyone's a hugger. Yeah. That, that's the, of the difficulty of our time, right? Cause I'm a rather enthusiastic, like handshaker when I find out 
you know, if, if you walk up to me and you're like, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from the chat, like I, I get really excited and I do like physical contact in that way. So, you know, are we going elbows? Are we going fist bumps? Like it's something that I kind of get caught up in. But I, honestly, if I were to give you like the, you know, put in your cassette tape, you know, uh, advice, say their name a lot. Everyone loves hearing their own name. It's your mm. favorite, favorite word in the world, you know, hearing someone say your name. And it seems cheesy, but... It, when you meet up with them, uh, it, like you can ask them what they go by, if they want to go by their internet name, just like keep saying it. Everyone loves hearing their own name and it really makes you feel special. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, maybe inform them of the name you go by first. And then if you prefer to go by your real name, go for that. Because, yeah, everyone's exactly every once in a while, I would be like, Steve, I don't know Steve. And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm so and so on tour. I'm like, oh, Oh, but there we get into like what not to do, which is don't play the guessing game. Like that's just really awkward for everybody. Don't walk up to someone and be like, hey, who do you think I am? And you're like, uh, there's how would I even go about this? (laughs) I can't. If I guess wrong, it's horrible. I wish it was you were required at cons for your badge to have your avatar. (laughs) Yeah, like a little picture of yourself. (laughs) I mean, you can do that, right? We could get buttons made. We got our stickers. Yeah, yeah, we could. could, You and I are set. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, I, it, 9.999 times out of 10, it's always just a good experience. I like me folks, folks, it turns out we probably have at least one common interest if we're running into each other at this thing. <laughs> so, uh, where do we leave off? We got, uh, Eka said, what are you going to cosplay as in fan fest? I don't we'll know. See. We'll just from ease of access, I'm leaning solace at the moment. Mm-hmm. Leaning that way. If if I can find someone to commission a Dark Knight from, that'll be ready in time. And also won't cost me, you know, like a two months mortgage. <laughs> Which isn't to say that it's not worth that. I've seen some people's work and it is absolutely worth that. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see about the cause. Do you have any, do you have anything like what, what, if you could just like right now, what would you do? Like if, Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. Oh, you don't, don't want to spoil it. it. No, no, I don't want to set expectations. Will you, I got a plan. Will you tell me? I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, uh, this one also, Oh, oh, uh, and then that was followed up. Uh, Lauren again said, uh, would you cosplay as tuna and Val? I would consider it. Yeah. I would consider, I would do a, a casual, casual tuna in the, mm-hmm. in the in a Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, we're out of the con questions. This is one that just made me laugh so hard. I had to put it in here. Liminal space asked, uh, every Garrett I have known in my life has had the nickname Gare or Gare Bear. So my question is who in your life calls you Gare Bear and do you like it or hate it? Uh, nobody, in my life still calls me Gare Bear. Uh, the only person that called me that with any regularity was my buddy's sister, and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of my cousins call me Gare, though, and uh, uh, you know my buddy Steve, guy I've been friends with since I was like three years old. He calls me Gare. It's, my understanding is Gare is very much like a Northeastern thing. Like Northeasterners shorten Garrett to Gare, and it appears to be kind of that whole bit. And my buddy Steve, his whole family, they're from like New York and Long Island. So that makes sense. And then cousins is just, I've just known them so long. They just call me Gare. Because my aunts used to call me Gare. So they started calling me Gare. 
And yeah, no, it's uh Gare is real. If I hear Gare, I, I just, it's like, it like triggers. It's like family. Like it's Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. It's a get together. Like no one else calls me Gare. I'm fine with it. I don't mind Gare. But Gare Bear, I just think of my friend's annoying sister. <laughs> What's uh? so, so while we're in names here, you got a cat named Dexter. I do. What does that become in your family? In the family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dexty? Like what do you call your cat oh, as Dex. your like, pet name? Oh, he's just Dex. Okay. He's just a D-E-X. Dex. What's up, Dex? Okay. Dex. Come here, Dex. That's that's what happens there. Katie doesn't have... We don't shorten Katie's name at all. We just, we just say Katie. I'm trying to think. Yeah. That's, my dad's name is actually already a nickname, basically. So. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't interesting anymore. We should move on. <laughs> but thank you, Little Space. This is such a specific question that, like, absolutely, like, oh, it just made me giggle. I was writing the mute button there for a little bit when I read this. I saw Katie is short already, but I guess you could go with Cat or Kate. But no, I've never, I've never called Katie anything other than Katie. Actually, I got a question for you, Kyle. What's the mm-hmm. what's what's the shorthand for for Kristen? Are you a, a babe, honey, sweetie, love, love? I yeah. like that. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, do babe. I don't know why or where it came from, but I've always been like, I've, babe is sure. usually the, the term of endearment. Yeah. The honeys, you know, all that sort of thing. Like, you know, that those are around. I've, when we lived in Chicago, we had a neighbor downstairs that would fight all the time. And it was always baby, 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 baby. So it, it was like, no, no go after that. Uh, I can't do the E on the end. I can't, I can't do the, don't do baby. <laughs> no. Hey, baby. Ugh. Nope. Oh, thank you. That is only for late stage, uh, no doubt songs. That's what that's for. One of the last hit singles, no doubt had before Gwen Stefani's solo career was Hey Baby. Oh. Okay. Advance. Plenty of listeners (laughs) got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Suna... Tamashi uh, is going to kick off uh, some some spooky questions, uh, which okay. is, uh, hey, I need scary movie recommendations for beginners. For beginners. So that's beginners. that's pretty specific. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so action adventure is probably what you're going for, I would assume. Because uh, you want something I guess. a little scary. But, you, you know, you want it to be, like, counterable. You want to have something where you, like, punch it in the face is the answer. Because complex rule systems leave you scared when the movie's over. Ah, so I would okay. go with, like, The Mummy with Brandon Fraser. Or Evil oh. Dead, uh, Army of Darkness. Okay. So I will... I, that's interesting. I don't mean to be overly technical here. I don't consider The Mummy a horror movie at all. But it's, it's an action-adventure. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't even think it's a little scary, unless you're, I guess, the type of, unless you're like my my mom, uh, gonna drag you, mom, sorry, and you're just grossed out by things that look gross. <laughs> like, that could happen. But literally, in my in my entire sphere, I think my mom is literally the only person I think that would think the mummy is scary. I don't think there's another person in my life that would think the mummy is scary. <laughs> I think um yeah it it has it has elements all good adventures have elements of horror you know that's why Luke gets stuck in the trash compactor with the weird little you know tentacle beast mm. 
See, I, I was, I, I would say I would consider Jaws a good starter horror movie because it still has all of the trappings and tropes and structure of a horror movie without it being a grotesque experience. Sure. And you're very safe at the end of the horror film, unless you're, you know, sleeping on a houseboat. But for the most part, <laughs> chances are your home is well situated away from the open ocean. Yes. Yes. Alien uh, being suggested by Mythos Midnight, I think, is another good example. It's a little more horrific if you are the type that is sensitive to gore. But no, that's a stock you in like your rafters kind of thing like that. For me, a intro horror movie has the ability to cut off your imagination at the end of the evening. So the monster gets fully defeated by basic means, you know, maybe you know, even like shotguns that O'Colonel has, but you know, eventually that's a spell, a magic spell that gets rid of the mummy there. Uh, jaws, you know, open water, but aliens, that could be your bathroom. You know, you got like some, some little ceilings that pop up or something. You could imagine all kinds of crap. It's all about countering the imagination in the evening. Mm. Uh, like independence day is probably a decent, action adventure that can be a little spooky you know you got you got a uh, data there squeezed up against the glass i'm having a physical reaction to independence day coming yeah, up like, in a you're, horror you're movie also, discussion you're a saw fan right so you know yes i do like i'm not suggesting so <laughs> yeah I'm just saying like it's what, not a horror movie what, a horror movie buff will see the world you know through a different light. You know what? You know what? Uh, Poltergeist. Original Poltergeist. The remake's terrible. Don't do the remake. Poltergeist is pretty solid. Yeah. It, it, um, is, it is legitimately scary places. in points, but still fun. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that still has, like, a proper, like, it, it might actually scare you, but not scar you for life. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. So, this also becomes a lot easier to answer if I know if you're kind of a movie nerd. Because, the, because like... I would say the first Halloween. What a just classic, you know, representation of how you make a horror movie. But if you're the type of person that doesn't like, like can't hand, like you just don't have an appreciation for old movies. You're like, ah, oh, it just looks so cheesy and old and crappy. Like that's not going to fly. And I respect that. Like I, I, get, I get that. If you're like, ah, oh, it just looks old and hokey. Like then I wouldn't recommend like an original, like Halloween or something. But if you are a bit of a movie nerd, I'd say check out Halloween, check out Friday the 13th or not. No, not Friday the 13th. The original Friday the 13th is boring as shit. Uh, The original Nightmare, though, is great. I would recommend Darkness Falls if you have to have an actual horror movie with a horror title. I love that movie. It's Mm. so wonderful. It's got such a great rule system. Uh, Is is Rift Tracks not around anymore? What's, What's up their website? Rift Tracks the game. Where's their website? I don't know. You ever done a riff tracks? I have not. I have never done a riff tracks. That'd be a great way to make it through like a horror movie that might be a little over the edge, like um, like Poltergeist. Like that's something you know, little kids in front of the TVs, you know, classic scene. Mm. Uh, you know, old um, uh, the the, the possession, the, the the Exorcist, the Exorcist, right? Right? Like these these are disturbing films. But if you you know buddy it up with some guys making fun of it while you're doing it, you're, you'll probably have a good time. Yeah. There's ways to ease in. Yeah, I would say if you're okay with a, a a little bit amount of gore, I think my 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 serious like this would probably be my number one recommendation to kind of get, try to get you into horror and also understand the meta reasons horror fans like horror. Just watch the first Scream. It's Scream a little, is good. It's a little violent, um, but it is also properly fun. 
and it is meta in its own way. Like, I mean, I love scream scream is such, I think scream is such an important horror film because it, it, mm. it, it took the piss out of horror films while also respecting it and just kind of teeing up another generation of horror films. Well, like Mel Brooks films, like it is a satire that is its own movie and you can enjoy it either way. I, I think, uh, yeah, screen, you get a little too meta. I think scream would be enjoyed more after maybe seeing your first, uh, Mike Myers film, like one of the old, old ones where, well, what's the one with well, that, the... That's, that's the problem though, is if you don't like, I'm not sure if like, yeah. I think those old movies, like I think for, I like them, but I'm also a bit of an insufferable movie nerd. <laughs> like I could completely understand people being like that. The old originals don't hold up. Halloween is slow. If you try and go watch the original Halloween now, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty rough around the edges. If, if you're not, you know, aware of kind of when it came out, how it was made, you know, why it was, why it had the cultural impact that it had. So. Yeah. And there's also just like bad ones in my mind, like children of the corn. Like it's just yeah, not but, terribly yeah. thrilling. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that one. Uh, I, I, I prefer more of the, like the Constantine Jurassic park kind of like ease in where it's an action movie with horror elements and mm. explore from there. I'm going to go with scream. I'm going to say if they can, if they can handle violence scream because it's meta enough to explain why you like the nerdy things, horror fans look for in horror movies without being a full on satire. It's still a legitimate horror film. Uh, and if you're not into the gore side of things, try jaws. Cause again, it's like all the, all the beats are there. All the beats. It, 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 it even has like the, like the moral compass beat. Cause like the first, the first death in jaws is that girl that goes skinny dipping. Even though it is like a monster movie, it's still like, it has old school horror elements. That's, it's great. If you have a group of friends and you guys are doing like a, a Halloween movie night, I, I'd say that's where you get into like the Friday the 13th and Elm street stuff. Cause those are nice party movies. They're so yeah. ridiculous. They're yeah. so outrageous. If you have the right crowd that cheers whenever the, you know, the murders happen. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Most fun I've ever had in a theater was the Friday the 13th reboot. Like, what was that? Like 2011, 2012. Okay. Uh, it's an okay movie, but I went to a midnight showing and it was a packed house. And I've never, just so many, everyone cheering, throwing popcorn when people were dying. Everyone in the audience getting in on a no, don't go in there, you idiot! Like yelling at the oh, screen. Cool. Like it was so much fun. It was the most fun I've ever had. The movie's fine, uh, but the experience I had at the midnight showing was the most fun I've ever had in the theater. So yeah, I love horror movies. They're good. Good. Watch Scream. Watch something Kyle recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I think Beetlejuice is being recommended. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one because there's some. Creepy as shit, old school effects in Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's but pretty it's still weird. very fun. So, uh, Vesper Greythorn wants to know our favorite Halloween cocktail. I don't think I really have one. I don't know any. I don't really have one. I, I Anytime I'm usually thinking about spooky things, though, I do make a Negroni because it is blood red. It is fake blood red. Just looks like you're drinking blood out of a glass. So that's usually what I would make, but I don't, I don't do the themed stuff, Kyle. If I open a book and it's like, add food coloring. As soon as I see food coloring in a cocktail spec, I'm out too far. I'm just out. I'm, well, I'm a snob. I'm an absolute, I'm 100. I will admit I'm a 100% a snob about cocktails. 
everyone brings up the the Final Fantasy cookbook, and I'm like, nope, nope. I have been gifted so many gaming cookbooks that have cocktail specs, and it's it's all crap. Yeah, every single one of them. Up. It's yeah. like just made up crap that they're trying to make look color coded, and you're just like, this is a bad drink. I can see that. Yeah, but it, again, again, it's the snobbery in me, and I'm I'm trying to keep this in check. I'm aware of this. And I'm like the most themed night I ever had was uh, we did a Lord of the Rings watch parties where we uh, party where we had uh, tomato sausages and nice crispy bacon. So we made you know we made a big <laughs> we we made Oof. a Hobbit feast and then when we got to Return of the King we made uh, as close as we could recognize the stewards feast there with the chicken we had like rotisserie chicken and the tomatoes. <laughs> I <laughs> I. I d- 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 when I say I don't like tomatoes and people say they don't understand, I just say watch Return of the King. <laughs> just watch Return of the King and you'll understand. Um, yeah, that's no good. Uh, Daycoth recommending Human Centipede as a starter horror film in the chat. Uh, no. That would be a mistake. Don't don't listen to him. All right. We're going to end on this, Kyle. Okay. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, Gabe wrote in, DM'd us on Patreon, which is something you can do, and not a, not enough folks, I think, take advantage of this. So it's, just, it's also a good good reminder. You can message us directly on Patreon. Gabe said, hey, guys, after hearing Garrett's completely valid opinion on how the second It movie is the worst of the two, here is, the, here is why the second It movie is actually better. <laughs> it goes back to the dark fantasy roots that made the book a transcendent epic cosmic horror. The first It... I was happy to see they finally made a scary movie. However, I was so bummed that they left out all the epic fantasy stuff out and even went so far as to make Pennywise the true form of it. They seem to have changed that a little bit at the end of the second film, but until they treat the IP less like a slasher movie and more like Lord of the Rings, I will never get a true it movie about an endless battle between a benevolent space turtle god and a subterranean spider god who feeds on the fear of children. This is a great sadness. That being said, the projector scene in the first movie was a psychedelic 30-second jump scare, and I appreciated the ride. Cheers, Gabe. Yes? The, the, the space turtle thing is, like, I think legitimately one of the dumbest things anyone ever told me. Like, I literally thought when someone told me there's a turtle, there's a space turtle in it, that they were screwing with me. And then I went and looked it up, and it's actually a thing. And really, that's all you need to know about my opinion of Stephen King. Too much cocaine in that man's writing. Uh, probably <laughs> not untrue. I really However, like Stephen King's world building and and overall his his settings, his ideas. I have never been able to make it through a Stephen King book. I, I find his his writing impenetrable. So there was a scene in the Jurassic Park book where they are in an inflatable boat running away from a T-Rex that starts swimming. Visually, the tension in that scene would suck and be stupid. But in a book, it's a perfectly good scene. And actually had a lot of uh, <laughs> energy to it. And that's the space turtle stuff. Like, when you're in I the thick the, of it... The river sequence in the book? That would have been a great movie scene. And they originally were going to include it. And then they they scrapped it. And then they kind of redid it in three with the Spinosaurus. And That's it was a good action like, scene. That's a solid it, action it's scene. Decent. It's three, decent. Listen, the, the plot of three is terrible. But as far as action scenes go, it's it's competently directed. I, and I think, um, you know, there there are horror scenes that happen in books that do translate well. 
but I, I think this is too in space. I think this is one of those where your brain is capable of imagining way more, particularly for it, because it's a cool read, mm. um, than the movies could possibly deliver on, particularly the space turtle stuff. It's it's very weird, but when they're trying to solve their issues and explore their past and everything, it it's not just dropped on your plate. <laughs> No, that's, I, I think if you're into that, I, I do uh, legitimately think you're a more interesting person than me. But to me, that just sounds like the biggest nonsense. Yeah. It goes, that, that's where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is too far for me. No, I, I, and I remember, you know, the old family guy joke where he's sitting in the desk and they're like, so what's your next book about? About a uh, haunted lamp. Ooh, and you're like, OK, Stephen King, have it on my desk by Sunday. You know, like it's <laughs> it's just there, there was a lot of books. You got to keep making stuff. Yeah, and sometimes it got a little weird. Everyone, and never, everyone told me uh, that I would like the Dark Tower, and I I tried so hard. Too. I got like 150 pages in, and I was just I I couldn't anymore. I was just I was out. I was out. I tried. I tried to get into the Dark Tower. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried. I'm sorry, Stephen King. I still think you're a really cool guy. But. It would be really cool to see a Lord of the Rings style, kind of it following like um. Like Gabe suggests here, because the old TV show with uh, Tim Curry had moments of that where they had time to explore that world a little deeper. And I, I, I think it's went, I, I think it is ripe for another TV show, like do it on yeah. HBO or do it on Netflix or do it on, you know somewhere and actually try and explore that weird cosmic e- edge of it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe still skip the orgy because it's really awkward. Yes. Yes. Doesn't hold up. I'm not sure it ever held up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird book, man. It is a weird book. It is a book that I tried to read, couldn't get into it, but was still interested enough to go diving into wikis. Right. I'm just like, I can't. How did this book get made? And then become multiple successful film adaptations. I believe it's, I, I, I've done like a deep dive on, I'm pretty sure we're pretty deep into Stephen King's success, right? We had probably already had quite a few movies and explorations into his works. Yeah. Which, yeah, this, that was post Maximum Overdrive, which is like infamously the movie he directed. And he said he was like so high during it. He doesn't even remember making the movie. Is that the one with the evil car? Truck. Yeah. With the green oh, goblin face truck. on the front. Okay. Yeah. 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 Huh. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King's a wild dude, man. Like I the, the, it's it. I'm I'm conflicted with Stephen King. There's there's a, there's that's a public figure that I have a lot of respect for, but I can't actually digest his his like first party content. But I love I love it when people adapt Stephen King works. It's some of my favorite some of my favorite films are adapted from Stephen King works. Let's see, it's a filmography here. I don't think it has. Doesn't seem to have the TV show listing on. Uh, on Wikipedia, sadly. So I'm not sure when mm. it, the TV show came out. Oh, Cat's Eye Creep Show. Because I remember, like, yeah, because I like some of the weird stuff. I, I, really, uh, I remember hearing a lot of people didn't like it at the time, but I liked the, uh, the Doctor Sleep sequel to the Shining movie they made. And that. You wrote an episode of Frasier. Go figure. Yeah, a Christmas episode, no less. Hmm. Oh, he was an actor in it. He appeared. 
Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, well, there we are. There we are. There we are. Well, Kyle, are you ready to uh, put a cap on this? Are you ready to ride the cosmic space turtle into the end of this podcast? Yes. Allow me to press this button. Wondrous. Well, we want to, uh, of course, thank everybody for listening and also thank our wonderful patrons for supporting us over on Patreon. You can support everything that Kyle and I make together by going to support our We've got some new patrons to thank today, starting with Mayor. Thanks, Mayor. Thank you to Jen D. Thank you to Gian Dejao. Uh, I hope I did that some justice. Says the thank you, guy with the last name is Wiener Schnitzel. Dan H. Thank you for your support. Matthew S. Thanks for signing up. We appreciate it. Comsai Jedi. There's a name from the past. Good to see you. Thank you for supporting. Yeah, good to see you. Roman D. Thanks for it. Jessica F. And Maytree. If that is your legal name. And if it isn't, that's okay, too. That is an amazing pile of support this week. Really appreciate y'all. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for heading on over there and deciding we were worth your your hard-earned dollar or two. And also, there's a special level of patrons that get thanked each and every episode, and that is our legendary-level backers, Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Wyra E., Das, Cheesy Bob, and Sean with an E-A-B. Thank you very much, everybody, for your support. If you want to join those legendary level backers or any level of support, you can do so at supportourbromance.com. Other than that, Kyle and I are here on this YouTube channel a lot, constantly, for all sorts of things. So go to youtube.com slash TV for our Wednesday uploads and our multiple streams every week, including this podcast, which we record live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Ferguson. I'm at Garrett Art, and we have a joint account for all of our content at Garrett and Kyle. So go give those a follow. The channel just surpassed 24,000 subscribers, so congratulations, Kyle. We hit another nice. milestone. And uh, yeah, so if you're not already subscribed, please do so, and let's get closer to that 25K mark. It's going to do it for this episode of the Grinding Gear Podcast. I will see you in two weeks, but Kyle will be back next week with a mystery guest. A mystery. <laughs> but until then, <laughs> GG. Take care. <laughs>